forever. Dog. Warning. The following podcast contains 50 years of dream wish magic that will enchant you, workarounds for that pesky U.S. Constitution, and multiple members of the Nixon administration. It's the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, and we're looking back at its creation here on Podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast The Ride, hosted by three theme park fans who should be enjoying Disney World's 50th birthday, but instead we're in a gigantic fight. I'll tell you why. I'm Scott Gardner, and I think of it as 50 years of magical dreams. Mm. But Jason insists that it's more like 50 years of enchanted wonder. Don't even fucking look at me. (laughs) God, well, this is not... All right, fine. We'll all turn our backs to each other, and that's how this will be did. should be joyous and fun, but uh, I guess it won't be. Mike Carlson uh, is out of his mind. He thinks that it's 50 years of wishful enchantings. It is 50 years of wishful enchantings. It's crazy to not even imagine all the enchantings that have happened over the 50 years. That's the thing that takes precedent. Yeah, but it's but I mean, so the basis of so many of the rides is a is a dream coming true. And if you want to tell me that those dreams are not magical, uh, that I we're not looking at the same Disney World, I guess. I guess we're not. But all the all the different robots that have, in, I'm trying to think of a way to say enchant singular, and it's not working again. Neither <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> I can't it's impossible. do it. I think I'm quick sometimes on this show, but not when it comes to enchant. No, it is a wedge Damn. word. You can't. To it enchant. The, think about all the yeah. How do you think about all the animatronics that enchant you daily? Yeah, I guess that's in right. the parks. Enchant. The, yeah, the ice. Yeah, uh, the contemporary resort. It, it will look at it. It will enchant you. <laughs> Why? That's all thanks to the good people at U.S. Steel. We can all agree that U.S. Steel is great, and thank them for all the Disney World magic. Yeah. I think that's where we can find common ground today. It all feels, you're right, we can settle this hash, but with our common interest in U.S. steel. We love yeah. Whether US you're into Magical Ste- Dreams, Enchanted Wonder, or Wishful Enchantings, none of it would be possible if it wasn't built on the back of steel. Sure, yes. they almost didn't get the two hotels open in time like they promised, but they figured it out, you know? <laughs> There's a lot to do. There's a lot yeah. to do, yeah. Um, and we have a lot to do here. We're celebrating Walt Disney World's 50th birthday, mm-hmm. Magical dr- fifth years of magical dreams. I'm just going to assert it. Uh, uh, it's magical dreams, fine, that fine. and that's the only way we can move forward. I win. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it, and it's today. It felt like we had to do as this episode's being released, October first. It is 2021. This was 1971, of course. And uh, and and can you believe it? It fe- it uh, feels it uh, it feels insane. Mainly, I'm like, oh, that's what something that's 50 years old feels like. Well, then I guess a lot of like music and things I'm interested in are ancient. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it made me that occurred to me, but we should look at the positive uh, side of it, uh, <laughs> which is the 50, 50 wonderful years. Yeah, yeah. You should don't, stop thinking about your own mortality, really, which is what this is about. <laughs> don't think about that. <laughs> and don't think about when you first went. It was only like, what, 20 years? That's, something? I think, the weirdest. Because if, like, I don't know if you guys are doing this at all, remembering other anniversaries. 
and how long the amount of time seemed for a right. 20th or a 25th. Who could even imagine that amount of years no. when you are, are, have only barely hit uh, two digits in your age? And now, and now 50? Yeah, I mean... Where has the time gone? <laughs> where has the time gone? It's like at the blink of an eye, you know? It's like, uh, what? yeah, 91, it's the 20th anniversary. Which one is the is Castle Cake? I've already forgotten. Uh, that's for the 25th. 25th. So, yes. 96. That, so, just that. 25 years since the Castle 25 Cake. 25 years of the, Disney magic. 25 years of Castle <laughs> Cake. Have yourself a slice of memories. Will, will Sandy Patty, the gospel singer, be back to sing a medley of the original song 25 Years of Disney Magic mashed up with Zippity Doo Dah in 2021? <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling no. I have a feeling no as well. I guess they return. Uh, I think what I, when, when, you, when you talk anniversaries, I start to uh, like human, what would you say? Uh, humanize the amount of time. Yeah. So when you say 50 years, I think of a 50-year-old person. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, that's sort of, look, that's on the, that's on the back nine, at least. You know, that's not, even if you live to a... I'm so sorry, any listeners lived, over 50 for that reminder. I, look, I'm, we're getting there. I'm just saying, like, best case, you know, now you can live to 90. But still, it's like, I start mm-hmm. to think of that and go, oh, it's an older, an older person. That's okay. Nothing wrong with it. But it does, you do feel like, oh, okay, now we're getting serious here. Well, are there? Let me just look up celebrities born in October 1971 because that'll be just a living manifestation. Oh my God, Snoop Dogg! Oh my God! So when you well, look at Snoop different... Dogg, <laughs> Snoop Dogg equals yeah, that's a good example. You should Disney World should be so lucky to be in Snoop Dogg shape. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, I Sasha Baron Cohen, good. Winona Ryder, wow. good. There's a lot of yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, specifically, I think October. All these people are really, that's the age of them? Hmm. Well, that's the fact that I don't know. They're all looking good for their age. They all look great. As are you, yeah. Disney World. Yeah. I'm not worried anymore. <laughs> now, Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. That's 71, really? Yeah, get, yeah. people in NSYNC are 50 years old. What? Is that <laughs> that true? doesn't seem right. That, that can't well, be true. <laughs> Chris Kirkpatrick, as he, he doesn't look as good. He's aged prematurely from worrying for decades now that About he's going to get his, his ass kicked. kicked. <laughs> By Eminem, of course. Oh, yes. Chris Kirk. Worse than those little limp biscuit bastards. Kicked. That's right. That's yeah. right. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow, seventy-one. You're right. Somebody in NSYNC is going to be fifty. <laughs> that's not right. That doesn't. That doesn't. Now I'm back to being upset. Yeah, that I was. Weird. I was upset. Now I was. The then I was good. Were, then I'm. Now I'm upset again. I will say I don't think that he's like a the physical specimen that some of the other people in the list were. But yeah. I think. But I don't look at him. I, first of all, I don't look at him, but if I mm. if I end up looking at him accidentally, like right now on this Wikipedia, it doesn't seem... All those pictures from August 2008, I don't know. I don't know what to think. This Chris, Chris yeah, Kirkpatrick thing's <laughs> throwing me for a loop. He's at the... If we're on the same page, he's on the screening of Gone Country 2 in August 2008. Yeah, and I'm just distracted because of all my fond memories of Gone Country 2. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's hard to focus on him when you're thinking about one of your favorite movies. Yeah, Gone Country 2. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean television shows, obviously. Oh, Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was kidding. I, of course, know that it's a CMT <laughs> reality show. Oh, okay. <laughs> With, of course, Sebastian oh. Bach and... Uh, Dee Snyder. And Dee, yeah, and Jermaine Jackson and Lorenzo Lamas. Country. Oh, yeah. country stars. Well, I think seems... that's the idea. I think it's all people who 
our going country. Right. Oh, That's what I'm piecing I together. It's, yeah. And it's named after, uh, and I do like this song legitimately, an Alan Jackson song called uh, Gone Country. Which is making mm. fun of like like singer songwriter something that might have been like doing a folk thing, and then they decide, you know what, I'm going to make some money and I'm going to go country. Mm. Um, so it's probably based. Maybe that's this. We got to look into gone. Go, we have to look into this now <laughs> and do a whole thing with it. Obviously, <laughs> sure, sure. Alan we do. Jackson, of course, does the five o'clock somewhere with Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, of course. wrote that, that song, and that's different. That's not a folk singer. Going country. That's not the the target well, of Alan's scorn. No, of course not. And Alan wrote that. That's Alan's song, not Jimmy. He just okay. invited Jimmy on. And Jimmy's on one of Jimmy's only chart topping appearances. Oh, I think. I think yeah, maybe his biggest hit. Technically, yeah. yeah when you're appearing. kidding. Why haven't the charts been kinder <laughs> to, to fruit? To the song Fruitcakes. <laughs> to Matt sucks. Didn't submit him on time. Didn't submit the songs <laughs> yeah, for consideration was... <laughs> on time. They're on island time. <laughs> yeah. I just forgot. <laughs> Charts sounds like numbers to me. Yeah. You know what I think. Get out of here, numbers. Math sucks. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, picture Snoop Dogg in your mind. Picture a lineup that's Snoop Dogg, Chris Kirkpatrick, and Walt Disney World. Yeah. And that is, those are the faces of 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they should feel good about themselves. 50 years. I, uh, um, first of all, before we go into the past, because I think we're going we're gonna to do some talking about... Uh, how it all got started, where, how things were uh, before the 50 years began, right before the clock began, mm-hmm. and how the whole place got started. Um, what do we know about what they're doing to celebrate the 50th? What's happening here in, in 2021? I, well, I can sum it up in a paragraph. Go ahead. A you very short let, paragraph. Okay. Okay. All the weenies, all the big icons at each parks have a little light show, have a little lighting. I saw new this, lighting. They're, be- they're beacons of magic, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything's that you mean the castle, the tree Epcot, of life, both spaceship birth, spaceship earth, tower of terror, and yes. the tree of life are yeah. all they light up gold sometimes. Yes. Uh, Ratatouille is opening at Epcot. Good. Um, and <laughs> right from another place showing yes. up. Uh, and then there are fifty golden statues scattered about the parks. And now wow. I'm not the most religious man. But uh, my knowledge of the Bible is that golden idols uh, usually <laughs> don't end well. <laughs> They're all going to get struck by lightning. I yeah. Think. Mm. <laughs> they will anyway. It's Florida. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Are we sure they're yeah. not the storms? Lightning conductors? Maybe that's what they're there for. Lightning rods? Lightning rods. Or to keep it away from the, the guests. So guests yeah, don't yeah. get hit by lightning. So Timon gets hit and not a guest. Sure. Yeah. Are any of them literal golden calves? Are any cows? Oh, oh, uh, is Clarabelle? I I don't think Clarabelle. I think they had the foresight to not have a literal golden calf. Home on the range characters? (sighs) I'm sorry. I don't think there's a lot of home on the range or brother bear appearances. I guess the Disney cows are not that popular, and they don't tribute that cow with Mickey Mouse ears on the side. Right. Yeah. Who I don't, okay. despite us doing the episode. Mini Moo. There it Mini, is. Yeah, right, right, right. Took me a second. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what I want the statues to be, is all yeah. nods to the most obscure things that we like, like Mini Moo the cow, 
uh, like Leonardo Columbus, oh. who of course led the <laughs> the Tapestry of Nations parade. Um, I mean, we'd love to see a Dreamfinder, obviously. Yeah, yeah. We'd yeah. love to see Sandy Patty, the, uh, the, yeah, the gospel singer. Yeah, Sandy Patty and, Sandy, and the, Sandy Dunk. Or no, Sandy Dunk is more Disneyland celebrity, I guess. I'm gonna say, yeah, I don't yeah. want Sandy Duncan. Yeah. I don't want a gold. I know Sandy you're Duncan upset about anywhere. Sandy Duncan, but always. Uh, uh, the Could they thing? make a beacon of magic of Minnie Moo's grave? <laughs> <laughs> Is Minnie Moo have a headstone over by the Fort Wilderness campground? Oh wait, that's right, isn't it? There is a uh, there's a plaque at least. I think I that's think. correct. Yeah, and a cow grave has to be fairly big, so you could there's enough real estate to light it up gold. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. Very nice. They should do it. They should do Disney, it. Need do it. So we'll look. Yeah, we'll look into that too. Um, uh, is that where you done with your uh, well, summation of uh, yeah because events? Tron and Guardians were delayed at least a year due to uh, pandemic yeah, halts of construction <laughs> at least I'm being generous Oof. yeah who knows it's really mysterious when those things will finally get finished yeah uh, Scott were you I, there is something they announced today that I'm very excited about I know well, I, you know I, what I'm we might about? be thinking the same thing and I credit the Facebook group for making me aware and I feel like is Jason maybe not aware because I you made, might be talking about it already I made Jason aware of this yeah, okay Okay, yeah. Already, if we're talking about the same thing. Uh-huh, probably. Which is a food item. Yeah. I've gotten it a couple times, yeah. Multiple people have <laughs> yeah. sent this to Jason today. Very good, everyone. Uh, and do you want me to read it? Yeah, go for it, yeah. Uncle Orville's Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow Sunday. Chocolate and vanilla soft serve brownie, hot fudge and whipped cream topped with red, white, and blue sprinkles served in a bathtub. A little bathtub full of ice cream. Yes. This is the most Jason-y thing. Clock's yes. ticking. I got a trip coming up, and you it do. might have to be my first time. <laughs> uh, that's, where is it? They don't. I, we, there was uh, a big announcement uh, of like all I these know. food items. Yeah. They do say where the things are. It's at Anti Gravity's Galactic Goodies. Uh, okay, is that in Tomorrowland? Yes, I believe it is. Yeah, I believe it's the ice cream windows that kind of connect to Merchant of Venus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's Which I right. I was also in Tomorrowland. Yes. Look, the knowledge has to stop somewhere. I don't know the shop names. Uh, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, I'll try I wild away. We'll come up with some awful reason to have to learn them. I wild away precious hours of my youth in Merchant of Venus. It, it used to be the shop for <laughs> Alien Encounter. Jason's oh, wild yeah. youth at Merchant of Venus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crazy stuff. No, wild. W-I-L-E. Oh, Wild. Wild. Yeah, but it yeah. was wild, I'm saying. Oh, it was though. wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, there used to only be two places in the whole property. You could buy Star Wars stuff. Wow. MGM Studios and Merchant of Venus. Can you imagine? No, mm-hmm. I can't. Well, then a lot a lot of magical dreams have come true. To yeah. make that uh, much more... Uh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere now. So, um, so that's good. There was an entire block of snack announcements, many of which seem... Bizarre and disgusting to me. Yeah. The one that jumped out, I have the tab open, is the Mission to Mars. There's all these snacks that tribute things that aren't there anymore, or classic things, and, and Mission to Mars, this uh, extinct attraction. Uh, I don't know, what do we think here? It's up in the upper right. Uh, burger topped with bacon and macaroni and that, cheese. Yeah. Sure, on a bun dusted with crushed cheese-flavored puffs. <laughs> I, it just seems like to, to hold it. Is it you're asking for trouble? Uh, you know, here's here's my thing with that. Obviously, that's one of those like fun. We're enjoying the excess. We're gonna pile stuff on. I will say that generally with Disney World fast service, I'm not so sure they'll nail that. 
mm-hmm. if that makes sense. The best you're ever going to see it is in this photo. Yeah. They oh, posted. yeah. 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 So when they get, cr- I, I could imagine like a different place maybe going like, you know what? It's pretty gross, but it's fun to eat that once in a while. But I don't know. A Disney World hamburger with a lot of, ch- I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I Well, I think part of it is a lot of the food uh, items like this are for Instagram. Well, you know? yes, yes. And some of them, like Scott and myself and Griffin, all tried the big chicken sandwich when we oh, were down right. at Disneyland for the day and enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was, or no, yeah, Griffin that, got the peanut butter and sandwich with bacon. That seemed uh, like bad news. Yeah, that but you and I both like the chicken sandwich. I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you just need a strategy. You have to go in with a strategy. You uh-huh. had a knife and fork. At least I knife and forked it for a while. Right. Yeah. Winnowing it down until it was a slider. A manageable, yeah, slider sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we talk about how then the person came up to take our trays and said, are you finished with your experiments? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but I, I forgot about that. I like that. We were all questioning, do we like this? Because it's all over the map. Though We liked our thing, but it was kind of difficult. Griffin was maybe on this, maybe didn't dig what he was eating. And then that, are you finished with your experiments? All right, <laughs> sealed the deal. This place is good. Just with that <laughs> one line. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is good. A disney language for taking your trash away? That's great. Love it. I, you know what? A real, we didn't talk about this either, that I finally, we, we were back in Galaxy's Edge and someone was still doing the, like, uh, cosplay, the, like the kayfabe of it in Doc Ondar, where I had a country bear shirt on and she was like, ah, what is that creature on your shirt? And I was like, oh, uh, well, it's a bear that does a show. And she's like, ah, yes, he has some sort of instrument or, and I was like, yes, he does. And then I was like, I asked a question about the lightsaber and they're like, ah, the Galactic Federate, there's a slowdown in the shipping of the <laughs> Galactic Freights, and we don't have the Master Skywalker's lightsaber in stock right now. And I was like, hey, okay. And I was like, I was trying to play along a little bit. I was very tired at the end of the night, but I was like, oh, good. Somebody's still doing it. Because even opening day, it felt like people were over that. Begrudging. Yeah. 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 Quick to go. That's that's all fun, though. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot. I guess there aren't bears in Star Wars. I never thought about it before. Yeah, there's not. Yeah. Things that look kind of like bears, but not bears. Mm. But... Well, they're missing it. Somebody should get some bears up there. Eventually, there will be bears, yeah. <laughs> a ship of bears should crash land next season on The Mandalorian. Yeah. I, That's my um, pitch. I am hoping when I order that ice cream sundae that I will order it, and in addition to calling out my name that it's ready, they will scream no privacy at all around here. <laughs> <laughs> at the very least, you can do it. Well, you know, I certainly it, will. And then raised it up so people knew why you were doing it. Yeah. You could get a big applause. Yeah. Could you bring it? Yeah, you should bring it on the actual show ride. Could you eat the Sunday in the theater? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a crapshoot with a lot of theme parks, food or drink, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, you, so. could sne- you could smuggle it in in your sweatshirt. Uh, I mean, yeah, that would certainly be progress yeah. for me having a great time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, then he could see the tub and then hold up the tub to the tub. Yeah. That's yeah. worth waiting uh, 12 minutes to yeah. eat the ice cream. Eat perhaps the melting more ice cream. If it's not, if the show's not ready to go right when you walk up to it. The brownie the will walk. inevitably only get staler. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see you have one of these a day and try different places to eat it. One on the People Mover, one in Carousel of Progress. Um, 
Yeah, I, look, there's a lot of sweets to cover in uh, uh, Disney yeah, World, right. so, you know. Uh, Scott's got a list of more things, I assume. There are more. I just, while we're on it, I just want to say the thing I'd maybe like to see, and you don't even have to, unless you want to give a photo for this to be done with, but but uh, just a picture of you shrunk down bathing in the tub. Is oh, maybe wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm not the most uh, Photoshop savvy, so I can provide the elements and if, if you, someone could make the you know uh, you new do? creation. Yeah. You know what you probably could do is just put it, put the Sunday with the bathtub on a table and have somebody who you're with, you try to get like a forced perspective where you're far away in the distance. So it looks like your head is just poking out. Of the oh, bathtub. Yeah. You could do probably a very simple version like that. That's more up, but yeah, I like yeah. a practical solution. Yeah. That's more up we my love, speed. We love practical effects we, I love, here. We like, always talk yeah. about that. And that's what this is. This is not CGI. You know, this yeah. is practical. This is the way that special effects should be done. So uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to say if somebody wants to do that. Sure, I'm not okay. Say don't do it. And if Jason wants to do a little pose of like arms up behind the head like ah yeah yeah uh, i mean they should sell up. like the big uncle sam red white and blue hat like that yeah, feels like they're leaving money on the true. table not making more exclusive like carousel of progress based more merch. uncle or- orville <laughs> well all of them merch. all of them the yeah. mysterious disappearing child like mm. a shirt about like where did the third child go mm-hmm. you know they are leaving money on the table you can use that phrase even if the money is only like 42 dollars Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are leaving the forty-two dollars on the table. of my money. <laughs> yeah, it would be yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we've Your talked, money on the table. We've talked before about having the John collection, the clothing oh, John yeah. wears through the through the eras, <laughs> and that you would yeah. that you would buy all of them. There's one pretty funny piece of Carousel of Progress merch, and it's a vinylmation. But it ha- it's the Mickey or Vinylmation one. Yeah, And yeah, it's yeah. John, like, wearing all four outfits, like, at once. Like, he's splitting the fours, <laughs> essentially. Whoa. And I do respect the attempt, but, like, mm. it's not the prettiest-looking, like, toy. No, the Vinylmations with the Mickey shape were already sort of unappealing-looking. Yeah. And yeah, then to I make it a weird... A bunch of those. That's like if the Johns from all the eras, from the 20s and the 40s and all of them, like, all like collided in some temporal catastrophe mm-hmm. <laughs> like the thing yeah like yeah. The people getting absorbed by the <laughs> so thing they all tried to show up at the same era they got these things time machines now and then they all <laughs> tried it at the same time and landed in the same oh, spot oh, oh. Kill. and we all say like they all say like kill me now <laughs> this is oh, painful boy, i don't want to live <laughs> you have no idea the pain it is to exist like this <laughs> I rue with that electricity now more than ever. A great segue into the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I mean, yeah. Let's let's get into let's 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 go backwards. Let's uh, this carousel of progress can turn back to 1971. You know, this was Walt's dream, and just like the carousel of progress, and it was a crazy dream. And had he lived. Who knows what bizarre tendrils the dream Who would have Who knows had. what sort of Howard Hughes living on top of a casino we could have seen Walt Disney do. <laughs> it's something, I, in reflecting on the 50 years and on Walt's relationship to the place, which just to reiterate, if you don't 
know the timeline. Disney World opens in 71. Walt Disney dies in 1966. He was alive for the some of the planning. Uh, it, was all, it was all his dream. He wanted to buy Florida land and do something there. Uh, um, and uh, it, was, it was kind of this ultimate vision, this like, you know, uh, Disneyland times 100. Uh, and just that he didn't, that he didn't overlap with it. He never got to go there. And I, I've just thought about how this felt like Walt getting one in at the buzzer, you know, <laughs> the fact that he's making movies about it and talking about it essentially on his deathbed. I learned literally on his deathbed. Right, right. It's one of the last things he was talking about. Um, I mean, how many people like did something this significant right before their death? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, it does feel yeah, right right at the last second. We've got David Bowie album. Lazarus uh, or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't really heard it. I like David Bowie a lot, but I've I didn't really you know what? hear it. Uh but I like that it happened. <laughs> It's sad. It cover makes me look neat. I think I saw a music video. It makes me sad. It came up on my uh, shuffle a couple of days ago. One of the songs, and I go too sad, and That's I turned it off. A part of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The right down of the wire. It's not like t- it's not like weird and like Tin Machine bad or anything. <laughs> no. 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 Not the worst vote. Yeah. He took yeah. care of the worst <laughs> decades ago. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes. Yeah. I'm never in the mood to hear his death album. Yeah, makes sense. Well, then, and how how often is that the case for your your Johnny Cashes yeah. or your Glenn Campbells who will come up in a little bit? That they're making these sad <laughs> Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon. Uh, Walt Disney though gave us the on uh, right before he went out gave us the place that's given us all the the joy, the mm. most joy. It's why we're all here. It's why why I know you guys, and it's why everyone's listening to us. Thank you, Walt. Let's just give Walt a big thank you <laughs> wherever you are. But thank you. We do have to mention, mm-hmm. begrudgingly, mm-hmm. gave us the East Coast Disneyland, as it was oh, all sure. been called. Okay, yeah. Um, because his real passion project was the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, the original yes. Epcot. Progress City. Progress City. So thank you, Walt, for inadvertently giving, or like kind of just begrudgingly giving us Disney World because you wanted to be the king of a city. Yes. <laughs> I. So I was curious, because I, I know little bits and pieces. I watched the Epcot mo- like uh, one-hour presentation uh, a while ago, Um and but I wanted to look up more stuff about Progress City, so I got this book from the library. It's another Sam Genaway book called yep. Waltz in the Promise of Progress City. You got a tabbed up book here. I got wow. a tabbed up book on her hands. And um, uh, also, I, the book I believe also a reference point for. There's a very good uh, Defunct Land episode about Progress City. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read the Progress City like the main chapter about it in this book and i stopped because it was giving me the willies <laughs> whoa wow <laughs> because uh i mean it, we, it, it, it like less willie giving is the the first quote i came across here willie giving how much willie giving can you take <laughs> i well i mean i gotta brace my it is the season for it it's Oh, you know, yeah. The scary like, season. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and this is the, you know, you notice it's October, and the next week, maybe we start giving you the willies. Yeah, with some that's true. Exactly. So, so Watch you th- out if you hate willies. Because we, 
if you hate willies, watch out. Uh, do you think we should save some of it? Because we want to do a full walkthrough of the Epcot special. Do you think oh, we should yeah. save, we'll yeah, save yeah. some of the Progress City stuff? So we'll yeah, touch, we'll touch on it. Really, it's really, it is interesting. It's really in depth. But the oh, yeah, funniest yeah, yeah. thing, the, the, if you follow the threads back long enough to the genesis of Disney World, uh, there's, there's a quote in this chapter that is kind of like a very early touchstone. Mm -hmm. uh, and it says, Walt Disney said, I don't believe there's a challenge anywhere in the world that's more important to people everywhere than finding solutions to the problems of our cities. Now, that's a very boring sentence, and uh, but clearly kept this man up at night <laughs> because Walt just hated what cities had become. Like, it was just overwhelming. Uh, he especially hated traffic, despite <laughs> the fact that he was a man who constantly worked with automobile companies and sure. uh, built his studio... <laughs> In the suburbs of Los I, Angeles. You know what? I think Jimmy Buffett hates... I hate traffic, too. <laughs> Don't you hate it when you can't get a place fast? You know, I hate to pit them against each other, but Jimmy Buffett has... He's about reinventing lifestyle, too, and he has a brand of physical properties, and there's a lot more of those than there are Disney places. Oh, you know, that's yeah, true. that's true. We're talking sheer numbers. Yeah. He's lived longer, too. Mm-hmm. And, and might be immortal. We'll see. <laughs> but, like, everyone was very complimentary to, like, the urban planning that kind of went into the genesis of Disneyland to the point that, like, Ray Bradbury, the author, a, a close friend of Walt's, mm -hmm. suggested he run for mayor of Los Angeles mm -hmm. to, like, get stuff done. <laughs> uh, and then Walt said, why would I run for mayor when I am already king? <laughs> So I know that's kind of a joke, but also <laughs> you can tell it's kind of not. Yeah, yeah, half and half. Yeah, complex. But sure. When you, if you made it that far, and you, and there was something as risky as Disneyland, and it worked, and it worked, and it worked spectacularly, and everybody's telling you how well it's working. Well, it's what I was. We were talking about it earlier, or some other episode where it's like it's. There's obviously a pattern for like major success when you're like in a company, and it's like a major success, and you become very, very rich and well known. You start to like set your sights on something that feels like it's way out of what you started. Like Jeff Bezos wanted to just like destroy small bookstores and make a lot of money and figure out a way to like ship people things fast. And then all of a sudden he's going to be a moon man. He's going to be a Mars <laughs> yeah. traveler. And you're like, wait a minute, that's not. Mm. <laughs> and Walt Disney's like, I wanted to put sound with cartoons. Also, I want to fix cities. Cities yeah. need fixing. And you're like, huh? <laughs> Weren't you? You want you make robots, man. You make robots for us to look at. But he aims way bigger, and then the company doesn't know what to do after he dies. Exactly, and they come up short, and we just get a new theme park place, and that's great. So and, and maybe better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think better. So. I don't know. Yeah. What state would Progress City be in today? I think it'd oh. be really weird. Well, I, I mean, look at the really weird. look at the states of the other municipalities they built. Toontown looks like shit. They haven't painted that thing <laughs> in years. They're demolishing and it in front of the guests. They're demolishing it right in front of our eyes. It's clearly rife with divorce and missing people and stuff. There's private investigators popping up all over the place. You know, <laughs> everyone's rushing to become a private investigator. <laughs> That's what's happening. Yeah, they, no one is. <laughs> no one wants to be a building painter or a bricklayer. <laughs> a five and dime. They got rid of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. All over the place. Factory worker.
Um, but it is fascinating because, yeah, as a kid, you're just like, and then, of course, Walt wanted to build another park that it like it's cool, too. Sure. You don't know about any of this. Yeah, right. This yeah. is very strange. But, uh, yeah, um, it is interesting. I, uh, I'm trying to think where, where to start on my end or where to throw it at. I know that, like, there was the, obviously, with Disneyland's success, there's the desire to do another one. And people are telling him that, you know, east of the Mississippi is a whole mm-hmm. other world that you are not really taking advantage of. There's less flight at the time. Probably most Disneyland guests come via driving. Uh, and and there's maybe the desire to, well, if, yeah, if we put something over on the other side of the country and that's accessed via driving, maybe we get a whole other mm-hmm. crowd. Um, so he's scouting places in the late 50s and early 60s. And I didn't know some of this stuff, like where he was looking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That Niagara Falls was a possibility, which today is like trashy tourist <laughs> insanity. And it's sure. pretty, it makes a lot of sense that yeah. just thematically that you could end up there. But I think, I think you know, weather is a roadblock for a lot of these places. I saw a story about St. Louis. Yes, I saw that too. Being on the table. It was called, what was, uh, Walt Disney's Riverfront Square. Well, that was the indoor one. Oh, they were going to yes. build a giant multi-block like indoor theme park. Whoa. Right, but that was before that was before Disney World as well. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Wait, now that wait, yeah, I I caught a little of that. there's some attraction that was maybe repurposed from that. Does that ring a bell? Like yeah. cuz a lot of what ended up getting built that was there were Disney World originals mm-hmm. came from it was going to maybe Hall of Presidents could be. I mean, that's yeah, that's I obviously that an extension of great moments of Mr. Lincoln. But, like, the Country Bears was an opening day attraction. Uh, so happy 50 years, Country Bears. Mm-hmm. We'll get to you soon. Uh, but that, like, that was for that weird resort, Mineral King. Mineral King, King he was yeah. yeah. To. Um, so they, like, there were all these oddball plants. I, th- I also want to say Disney opened up a bowling alley in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> I barely caught this. I don't know much about it. Hmm. But it didn't really satisfy anybody, and they didn't really embrace the name. They didn't say definitively this is Disney's hmm. bowling alley because it wasn't really good enough and didn't do well enough. I missed that. That was just like one sentence, and I looked at a book, too. Disney I looked at a book called Reality Center Land kind of with thing? David Koenig. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, um St. Louis, do you know more about that place? Because I don't... Um, well, I have some notes about, just from one this one of these articles. The only thing I saw about it is that he was getting down the road a little bit. Um, but if you're going to be in St. Louis, uh, you're going to have to deal with, with Bush at some point. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Like like the, the Bush family, the beer, and the, uh, the head of the Bush family yes. told Walt... He was crazy to build a theme park in St. Louis and not sell beer. Right. And thus he cut off the negotiations. I will not have beer. I guess he, I make fun of this whole, we got to trust Walt's wishes and not have beer in the park. But I guess if that's where he was at in the 50s, how dare you, Bush, Mm -hmm. give me a revenue stream, a constant giant revenue stream for the park I want to build? Yeah. It does seem like, there was a lot of conflict in the man about the image of Uncle Walt and the family friendliness and the like, you know, clean, no smoking, no drinking sort of thing. And then like the Walt who like has to live his life and go about his life and drinks scotch and smokes Chesterfields, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which he did like, it's funny if he was that protective about it because I don't get the sense that he was like a drunk, right? Am I wrong? I, I feel like he just like did what anybody of that age in that time 
would have done. Well, I don't. There's not a lot of. I don't. I haven't seen a ton of documentation of like. And then like Walt had to be escorted out of the Tam O'Shanter or anything like. Yeah, it seemed like it was oh, just as dr- want. Want video of that. <laughs> if only there was TMZ back then. Eight millimeter cameras <laughs> running separate uh, sync sound off a different little pack. <laughs> Walt like shirtless across the street where the party city is now, just like screaming. <laughs> you let me back in there. I'm Dopey's father. <laughs> I nah. made Dopey. I'm the king of party city. <laughs> That's where they got the phrase from. That's what the oh, brand wow, is named after. Yeah. Wow. I just yelled it one day. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I've never seen anything. Yeah, he was he's just as drunk as every other older man at the time, probably, I guess. I think. I don't know. Um, um, weird, though. Uh, well, you got anything else about that St. Louis? Well, the St. Louis thing, the, I think there's a couple, like, legends. Because, like, what the beer thing is one thing, but then there also, I think, was a report that it was basically Disney was going to pay for the rise in attractions, but they wanted St. Louis to pay for the building itself. And then they, St. Louis didn't want to do a uh, St. Louis redevelopment, the corporation, uh, and then declined to pay for the building. So Disney was like, we're out. They're always looking Some for like classic. Yeah. They yeah. want other people to pay for stuff. They That's want to they pay for everything. Eventually that happens in Orlando. We're like, okay, we'll do it. But we want roads widened. Yeah. And uh, we want to be able to govern however <laughs> we want and change the structure of how cities work. We want the laws. We want to make the laws here. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So they don't go to any of those places, and they end up in... They start ending up in Florida. I think Walt realizes there's a lot of property there and that it's maybe kind of cheap there, and it is, like, considered this vacation place, and people are retiring there. Um, uh, he determines he doesn't want to be on the coasts because... He doesn't want to deal with hurricanes, and he doesn't want people uh, in the park in bathing suits. There's another little morality. <laughs> well, he didn't get that wish. Uh, <laughs> you know, I you know, look, Walt is a lot of, he's a problematic figure in some ways. He's a great figure in some ways, uh, but I can really get on board with this no bathing suit policy. <laughs> can really appreciate that. I would like to keep that keep that clean, Walt. Man, had some good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a uh, uh, natural you know, disasters and weather patterns also, like, made him not go with, like, New York or New Jersey, D.C., Baltimore areas because the park would have to be seasonal and closed part of the year. Oh, yeah, which almost everything is. We've talked about parks there, but that's pretty much the deal, I gather, from Great Adventure and those kinds yeah, of Yeah, I think as the years have gone on, more and more stuff have um, invested in Halloween and Christmas endeavors, ah. but um, uh, very limited, usually not seven days a week. And then sort of February's a bust. Right. Yeah. They just don't do anything. Um, so they they settle on this plot of land that is pretty much swamp. I think he also didn't want to like kill off a bunch of orange groves. And I think he mm. sensed that people would not be willing to get rid of orange groves because mm-hmm. that's the pride of uh, Florida. So we end up with this land that is not a lot. One fact I learned from this book, Reality Land, is that there was a helicopter trip where uh, they went and saw the site, and he said, I think that's it. That's the site. The helicopter stopped to refuel, and they uh, people got out and heard the radio and heard on the radio that uh, JFK had been assassinated. I <laughs> have that, too. <laughs> that freaked my shit out. <laughs> yeah. I was so loud. Like, it wasn't until they landed in New Orleans later that day that, supposedly, that they, they heard the radio that JFK had been killed. Jeez, blissful, the only people unaware. 
little helicopter yeah. bubble of happiness. That was his first time seeing the Florida property in person wow. that day. That's mm-hmm. a weird confluence of stuff. That's that's pretty nuts. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, um, and which I've seen, the at least the book I was reading or articles or sort of like... Uh, it was a sign more than ever that Waltz needed to forge ahead with his vision of a new, better America. Like, I don't know. I think that's <laughs> yeah, random. Right. I think, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that it was like, this is the end of an era and I need to be the person to take us out. <laughs> I need to reverse the brain of this president being blown up. Uh, only I can do it. The narratives, uh, are not just of the 50 years of Disney World, but the creation of it and the shifting narratives of not just how, what they were going to do and how they set out to do it, and most than the biggest now, after 50 years, what Walt intended to do are wild. Like, if you try mm-hmm. to find a straight line, you are not going to find it. I, I found another book. that uh, There's a book called Walt Disney World, The First Decade. It's a big coffee table book. You can find it very easily, very cheap on eBay. I have that, I think. And yeah, yeah, and it's, you can borrow it from the internet archive, like an hour at a time from their digital archive. And in the introduction to that, they are already 10 years later erasing the narrative about Progress City. There is this, the slightest mention of it. And then they're like, but of course, you know, we wanted a vacation place <laughs> for children of the vacation kingdom of the world. Like they, the narrative is already shifting by the time Epcot the park is built. Yeah, of course. Mostly water skiing. That's mainly what it was about. Yeah. <laughs> leisure. A leisure place. Uh, yeah, the myth that, I mean, I guess it makes sense because like you're not going to put in the book like, and then this madman decided to build a city, but we decided, no, that's silly. Uh, so we gave you figment and then, or whenever figment opens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I get, I mean, all this, all this, yeah. The, the cartoon character of Walt is a very, it's still, I'm trying to think like we, we were just talking about Walter Knott, which is funny that he's being drawn. He's at Knott's Berry Farm. Because there's a lot of crazy stuff about him, but no one's paying any attention. So, but you can still buy oh, a little yeah. Walter Not, <laughs> like a little Walter Not character. I don't know if you buy it, or can you? Is oh, I thought a... that's what you said. I thought it was a piece of merch. Uh, no, there's like a bust in the. But that's in the weird. That that's in the uh, Independence Hall. Oh, okay. Area, I thought which they were is selling it. <laughs> weird thing. Uh, um, the uh, there's a funny thing there. Which is there's like uh, there's like some general like political stuff like here's you know you can buy little postcards of all the presidents up through Clinton when this series stopped uh, being made (laughs) or uh, you know just a little patriotic even just like sparkly USA or whatever but one thing Aaron noticed was uh, like a big plush area with red white and blue stuffed animals and there were plush donkeys and plush elephants hmm. and actually i think i phrased that wrong because there were a lot of plush donkeys and they <laughs> spot for plush elephants and there were zero <laughs> they were a long sold out oh, okay got <laughs> so it if you're a democrat pursuing the independence hall in buena park uh-huh. plenty of donkeys for you <laughs> but if you're if you're raising a young republican who you want to give a, an elephant to it makes look sense elsewhere. it makes sense because you're going to buena park you really have to be looking out for independence hall it's not right in the in the action yeah so 
Um, no, you gotta like, yeah, it's, it's this weird, if you don't know knots, yeah, it's like across the, you have to go through a tunnel across the street and end up at a perfect recreation of I still Independence c- Hall. I couldn't quite explain how to get there. I know vaguely where it is, but don't take my word mm. for it. Like, I wouldn't be able to direct you, I don't think. It's You're very... going through secret passageways, like Turn, Washington spies themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you yes, exactly. Like living in Turn. <laughs> Uh, um, but speaking of, of secrecy and kind mm-hmm. of doing things on the slide, and this is some of the stuff I wanted to talk about. Uh, um, so, I mean, yeah, there's the Progress City plans, but he, there's, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that Disney wants to do there. He's not even sure what. He even says, yeah. let's buy enough space to hold all the dreams that haven't even been dreamed yet. Um, but the, the main thing... It was what Disney is still fighting all the time in Anaheim, in California, which is which is space. And the fact that they bought, because it was such a crazy plan, Disneyland, so they bought what they could. And mm-hmm. then as soon as Disneyland was open and working, lots of shady stuff popped up mm-hmm. uh, on the outskirts. And that's the thing. I You know, now I feel like, yeah, it feels shady around there. And there's your, like... But I, but I feel like it's mainly like, eh, we're cheaper hotels. I do wonder, it seemed like it was like much shadier maybe in the 50s, 60s. Like, like, like way more low rent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm, or yeah, just maybe. like odd opportunistic, weird, dirty, shitty places charging too much money. I, I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I think there was a lot more motel kind of things, but I think there was a lot more ho- motel places everywhere Everywhere. and a lot of the older pictures have like featuring a cocktail lounge with the singer mickey harry like you know (laughs) there was just an expectation of like roadside motel and like stuff there's to more, do yeah more chain hotel stuff there now i would imagine mm-hmm. that that real estate be- people would eventually be were getting bought out by bigger places yeah over yeah. the years so even in the last 10 years i feel like there's been a lot more like sweet hotels or like right mid-range hotel like nicer mid-range hotels that kind would, of popping up i wonder if anyone has it that would be fascinating to know what businesses were on that street for the first 10 20 years was that yeah, really was would be fascinating cruddy shit that opened up around disneyland yeah or was there anything cool like who not like maybe well there was i think in some episode i discovered there was a Nixon's hamburgers. Yes, yes, Don exactly. Nixon had a hamburger <laughs> place. His brother, what was he? I forget. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so that sounds good. I don't yeah. know. So you can't hate on Nixon burgers, but <laughs> no, no. You, um, but mainly, he just didn't want that. Pro- he wanted like he didn't want it to be that there is your Magic Kingdom here, and then as soon as you walk outside of it, there's a bunch of uh, nuisance stuff and stuff that where they have to regulate the uh, height lines, and it might intrude on the park visually. Uh-huh. He doesn't want any of that. He wants pure wilderness around him Mm -hmm. so i I like that he doesn't go let's buy twice the space he buys it's like 125 times it's something so crazy well am i making that up no i'll tell you what it is it's twice the size of the island of manhattan a line that everyone from the book publication people to the uh celebrity guests on that opening day uh special yeah (laughs) have been told to say (laughs) Yeah, that's in there a lot. There, there's some like, uh, uh, you know, so, so some listeners might be hearing some of this early Disney World stuff for the first time, or you're hearing certain elements of it for the hundredth time. And uh, uh, I was watching the 15th anniversary special mm-hmm. uh, with Aaron, my wife, who at some point said like, how many more times do I have to see him in front of this fucking map? I've <laughs> seen so much footage of Walt and the big map, and yeah. he's pointing, and it's the Drew size, and Troy Spanettons, <laughs> and 24, man, look at me, I'm just 
five miles tall. And I, uh, they do, they use this stuff a lot. And yeah, probably, yeah. as she intuited, because it's some of the only footage of him associated with Disney World. There's right. not a lot marrying him to the place because he didn't really get to be involved. Right. There's no, yeah, he's not walking, walking those streets or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. No pictures like that. Uh, so he wants to buy up all of this land. Uh, but if he does it, it's going to raise red flags mm-hmm. and the land value is going to skyrocket. Uh, and he's, it's going to be Anaheim all over again. So he has to invent all of these shady, made-up <laughs> companies to start buying up all of the land on the cheap, uh, which is... Th- this one they don't hide from. This is, like, part of the charming mythology that they themselves yes, they put like out. This. Even though if you break it down, it's pretty iffy, right? I think so, for sure, yeah. Yeah. But this is part of the... This is one of the iffy things that, yeah, as you're saying, like, they're like, isn't that cute? <laughs> Yeah, those people are getting ripped off. Like Scott said, they're going to feel like they got ripped off if they find out later on that... I'm going to get ripped off. They didn't, you know, (laughs) charge the uh, buyer enough. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You are withholding information from the person you're buying the land from. You are not not being honest about what your thing is. So I wanted to know a little bit more about this. Jason, you might have found some of this too, but I was like, what were these companies... And there's one that has a little charming spin that yes. they love to say. The ones that I saw, some of them are just like, did they just pick like these names because it didn't sound like a, a white guy buying in a white guy's company? I also company? had the thought <laughs> that you're having as well, yes. Yeah, because one of them is the Latin American Development and Management yeah, yeah. Corporation. <laughs> yeah, no, that sucks, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. You know? uh, yeah, no, for sure, I think. They were like, well, this will throw them off the scent. Mm-hmm. They'll never know that the whitest man is buying this. Walt Spain Disney. Co. <laughs> <laughs> what, do we, what words can we throw in? That also has the ring of King Feature Syndicate of like very bland, You're very bored boring. bored by the time yep. you've heard the full name, so you stop investigating. All right, sure, Latin American. What was it? Uh, Tomahawk properties. Yeah, no, it seemed right. Definitely, yes. But then you're having fun. Then they throw out MT Lot Company. MT Lot, yes. MT Lot. Now that's like a cute Disney thing. I do yeah. like that. I can't be mad about that. <laughs> I like N N T Theme Park Company, <laughs> not a or N T A theme park company <laughs> like that would be funny uh, isn't that cute like they're kind of telling them what the what it is but they're not saying it use yeah. not like the last name not not oh a, yeah that's better yes not a theme park mm-hmm. run that together as one word maybe mm-hmm. put like a q-u-e on it and then walt french like, name walt dresses up as the guy who owns it <laughs> <laughs> like shaves his mustache off and <laughs> he puts on a wig hello there <laughs> or he could just like if he doesn't want to shave because he's got to be on TV the next week he does it as a lady and he's got like a handkerchief in front of his nose oh right 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 oh my the vapors (laughs) yeah yeah see that's cute swamp bear I can't breathe (laughs) the other thing is bad this is this would be cute just to like wink at everyone buying the land I'm disappointed we know he did voices we know he did Mickey Mouse of course yeah presumably one other voice though perhaps not there's (laughs) one clip of him in a sound booth that I also like the map I've seen him doing the like ah! <laughs> I forget what, what he's doing <laughs> they only um, did it one time if I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt of the land buying I think a lot of the land they were buying you could describe as hostile land like nature does not want man to be here it's well, filled sure. with alligators and bugs and swamp yes. you know 
and I think like some of it maybe like still not used for that reason. I think they own some land that is not developable, de- developable, uh, and and but just hold it because it's you know blocking other stuff from yeah. uh, infringing a lot of sinkholes maybe subterranean sinkholes at places uh i believe that's why some of the other hotels that were supposed to be around the seven seas lagoon as much as they try to shoot a depth test or a girder down there the earth keeps eating them really <laughs> there's a oh. there was a phrase in one of these articles where it was like all right they had to get started and they had to drain the land <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Yeah. That's so intense. They drain the swamp. It makes sense, but for for just looking and I go, that seems hard. Yes. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger the Fourth. Hi, hi, hi. Can't wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Um... Yeah, there's, in terms, of, I love the stories of the inhospitable nature of it. I saw I saw a story about, um, I, I, several stories that involve the need to show up with a gun because you may have to shoot a snake to bits. <laughs> this happened more than once. These kind of boring stiff shirts going down there to deal with, like, let's do our redistricting and get... Reedy Creek open it, but they also have to be like Indiana Joneses. Like, <laughs> this is some wild stuff. I saw one story about people having some functional meeting in a trailer and then stepping outside of it. Oh my God, the biggest snake I've ever seen. Mm. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> shooting the snake to bits. This is, this is such a brutal act I've never really thought about. Just blowing a snake to kingdom come. Um, and then the guy goes back into the into the bungalow and says, you got to come out here. You got to see, I, I just had to shoot this snake. It's nuts. He brought him out. Wow, that is huge. Thing comes back to life. It was not dead. <laughs> oh my ah, God. Sh- kill it, kill it. Michael Myers snake. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Jeez. movie. Not actually dead. And then, oh, just, just the, this is the same story about a guy who I, I, I mean, that's a, I've got more stuff about this uh, gentleman, General Joe, po- General Joe Potter, but, uh, but he for sure is just like, like snakes would just like dive down from tree branches. You'd be hit. You're like out in a, out in a fan boat trying to get a lay of the land. And then, oh my God, snakes. You just got to be ready to snipe them. You just get attacked by snakes 24 <laughs> seven. That's insane. It's so crazy. You look back at old movies and stuff or old like catalog and you're like, wow, they sold guns at hardware stores. And it's like, oh, uh, stories like this. It's like, oh, I see why they sold a small caliber gun at a hardware store next to like the hedge clippers for the snakes, you know, would they even world like I can just imagine they're all like short sleeve dress shirt guys, big, like big cigarette or cigar gun <laughs> don't even like like cigar doesn't even fall out of their mouth as they just unload around oh, at a snake barely which, wins which is that the best way to do it 
No, <laughs> it can't be right. No, it's like Think a grabber. They are. Yeah, what a tough target that is. And then like. Clearly, the blowing the snake to bits and then you didn't get it indicates that that person doesn't know the, the anatomy of a snake. No. Not that I do, but I'm not being called upon to shoot one. No. Yet. But, yeah, he's like, he's like I don't know, I got the the tail and the head, but then like you, you probably missed like vital organs that keep it alive. Yeah, I'm not an advocate for snake killing. It's their land. I mean, they should have been there. They, you know, it's their land. It uh, stolen from the snakes. Yes. Um, but the, all the guys should have just had flamethrowers. <laughs> like the thing, like in the thing. <laughs> Carousel the thing. They should just all have been equipped with a big tank on their back and a big flamethrower. <laughs> I guess like the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And just, <laughs> just aliens, like, too. Aliens, like yeah. Lighten up the inside of the belly. A lot of movies. So they just like step outside to get, like continue smoking. And then they go, ah, shit. And they <laughs> just shoot up uh, the swamp with, with uh, yeah, fire. That's right. well, I saw that story about uh, Dick Irvine and Admiral Joe Fowler getting swallowed by a, a gigantic crocodile bigger than them. But luckily they brought flamethrowers right, and right. just lit it up from the inside <laughs> until, like until, like, until all the heat forced them back out of the mm -hmm. mouth in sort of a monstro yeah. scenario. Yeah, yeah. So, so start a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when sure. Drax ends up in the alien's belly and he gets out. I guess he cuts himself out. He doesn't flamethrow his way out. Yeah. Same thing, except for Joe Potter. <laughs> Right, Joe Potter or Joe Fowler? Which Joe former Fowler. military <laughs> sorry, man? Sorry, let's be yes, clear about this. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Admiral Joe Fowler <laughs> is not, not. Uh, General, General Joe, Joe Potter. Potter. Both uh, very important in the genesis of Disney World. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you, I remember this uh, weirding me out the first time that I went to Disney World because I knew Disneyland and I knew that there was the Mark Twain and I knew who mm -hmm. Mark Twain is, and that's Americana, and it's this mm -hmm. nice boat named after Mark Twain. And you go down there, and the boat is called the Admiral Joe Fowler. It's mm. kind of, what's this with the scary military? And then later, this other boat ends up, both of these military guys who helped build Disney World, now there's boats named after them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like something about seeing the military word, this is no slight on anyone serving. I think it just like, the, just the word, it just like reminded I was reminded me of war when I'm trying to get on a nice boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was in the air when Disney World was being built and conceived, so... The helicopters, that's what this episode was about. <laughs> Vietnam. For context, this was a different time. Mm-hmm. What you have to understand is... Way. <laughs> Then the yeah, fortunate son plays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. This might help tell the tale on Spotify. In a white room with black boots. <laughs> <laughs> people love. It's gonna be. Speaking of aging and everything, it's gonna be sad when people are too old to make documentaries about the '60s and they can't drop all of these. Oh yeah, the five yeah. '60s songs into them anymore. That's a good point. What are gonna do. <sighs> I don't know. People might forget "Gimme Shelter." <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Although the Rolling Stone, again, I said Jimmy Buffett might be immortal. Mick Jagger might be immortal. No, He's back on tour. He's dancing. Oh, He's man. Awesome. We all saw the dancing. Yep. He's so. showing off. Gotta show him I'm no Charlie. <laughs> Look yeah. at me go. That was a, certainly <laughs> no. a slight to their dead drummer, I think, for sure. <laughs> not me. Not this year. <laughs> I'm not coming out like Stan Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> he just, was my friend, too. Oh, I just got Many a rowdy night with a Donald and Stan Cheryl. I just got some fresh blood injections. <laughs> 
Because it's easy, sleazy. <laughs> that is, he might have made the only song that, that is actually, that is the a song of the weird era where we thought the pandemic was over and then not. He gave us the anthem of yes. the most specific sliver of time, and it makes sense that the anthem was really stupid. Yes. Because <laughs> it's all been a very stupid time. Why? You better believe I listened to Easy Sleazy after I got my second shot. We <laughs> all were. Blasting it on the drive back windows down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Has this come up on the show yet? I don't believe so. I think, I think people already. It, I had to dive for what was even the name of that song. I had to. When you said Easy Sleazy, I know exactly what yeah. you talked about, but I didn't I remember the name. It. Mick Jagger has a solo song. Yes. It's not a Rolling Stones song. because <laughs> well, they didn't released, want any part of it. They re- released a song called Living in a Ghost Town at the start of the pandemic. <laughs> oh, right. Which was not related. To, they didn't write it for the pandemic, but it just it lined up perfectly, and they released that. But then Mick Jagger released a solo song <laughs> called yeah. Easy Sleazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, right. Well, May? We April? had to wear a mask. It's all these like streamed lines about. Yeah. I took a cooking class. <laughs> it's like basically like yeah, like a Jimmy Fallon sketch, but Mick Jagger wrote it as a serious song. I'm obviously he's kidding a little bit, but yeah. If you haven't heard it, please listen to this. Now, easy sleazy. That's what General Joe Potter and Admiral Joe Fowler. That's what they described as like murking snakes. Like they're they're dead shots, you know. They served. You know? Easy you sleazy. Do it? Can you? Oh yeah, easy sleazy. Easy sleazy. That's what they would say. I would uh, like to talk about General Joe Potter. Um, uh, Fowler can get his time. Feel free. I, I just him as the the snake killer. I mean, just what a cool sort of like I. Uh, uh, just apocalypse now. Fictional. It all figure fictional. Yeah, in yeah. all of its. Yeah, this guy is credited. I never knew any of this really till today. That this guy is credited with the big infrastructural uh, plant, like like the big moving of heaven and earth that it took to turn swampland into a vacation destination. Mm-hmm. And he was given this task because of his military experience where he helped plan the invasion of Normandy. He's like <laughs> figuring out supply count and how are we going to move these massive vehicles from here to there. He laid the infrastructural groundwork for Normandy mm-hmm. and not, it was like not that distant of a memory. It hadn't been that long. No, it was and not even building fi- this castle. Not 50 years. No, <laughs> no, yeah. less than 50. Really recently. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, he was planning Normandy. Then he was planning out where all these tourists were going to take a shit. Yeah. (laughs) Equally important. Of course, they did have to make sure that his office was very far away from the, um, you know, nonfiction movie department because still some bad blood with Werner Von Braun. Oh, sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's a very good point. (laughs) I, he, uh, uh, he, he was the governor of the Panama Canal Zone. <laughs> fake. That's Ran fake. The, that's his fake. That's never perfect. I heard that phrase or thought about it or what was going on in the Panama Canal in the 50s. Literally, he went, his jobs were, he was that, and then like, eh, I think I might retire. And then I'll just consult 
on the New York World's Fair, and that's mm. where he met Disney. But he went from the he was it was the the fair, and then right before that, he was in charge of the Panama Canal, where he was responsible. There were forty thousand people living in the Panama Canal zone, and one of the things that he had to deal with on a daily basis was malaria, and it's why among the many <gasps> things that this guy did for Disney World, he helped figure out how to keep mosquitoes away. This is all things, videos about this. Why are there no mosquitoes mm -hmm. in Disney World? And a lot of it is due to this guy, because he's like, I was there. I was there in the Panama Canal. <laughs> I saw people die every day in front of me. They'd throw up their insides. And then he... <laughs> But he like the, the the thing that he knew was if there's water you got to keep it moving right. still water mm -hmm. you're yeah. getting mosquitoes mm -hmm. left and right so not only all these bodies of water we got to keep things pumping everything's mm. got to be rivers and streams and on the flow and even he consulted on the roofs to make sure that water wouldn't get caught on a roof in fantasy land because then mosquitoes would start showing up. Mm. He figured wow. out a weird garlic powder that was, that is, I think still used to keep mosquitoes away. It's a garlic thing. Like, like a vampire. Like a vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was also, he fought the vampire He was in Transylvania. Of, yeah. Yeah. Vampire Transylvania War. Transylvania War, yeah. From yeah. 1960 to 1963. Um, uh, I have a thing on that, on the swamp and the bugs. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Bay Lake, which is on the other side of the contemporary, connects to the Seven Seas Lagoon. Okay, okay. they is had that to do... still what they call everything. Is that thing that's it's it's surrounding all the hotels and it's in front of the Magic Kingdom? That is that still that's the Seven Seas the Lagoon? Seven Seas Lagoon, okay. and then it's connected to Bay Lake, which is a larger body of water, and it had to have a lot of work done. Uh, this is from that Disney World first de the first decade book. To restore the lake to a pristine state meant draining three and a half billion gallons of water and removing an eight foot thick layer of muck covering the lake bottom. But underneath all that muck was a pleasant surprise. Pure white sand, which is spread along the lake shore to create beaches. Do not go on the beaches in 2021. Now, uh, with the <laughs> lake basin refilled, it was stocked with 70,000 fingerling bass. Not only did this add fishing to the list of recreational opportunities in the vacation kingdom, it aided in insect control. So, what? a few birds with one stone. Whoa. The fish help with the... That's crazy. Yeah. And still... But a bunch of just fish in there. That's why. So, but we don't know if that's a general Joe invention. Maybe not, uh, it's not credited specifically to him, to him but he it does seem in his purview. Lakes, I think, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's absolutely something he was. He was part. This is like that is like heady stuff. All of this. This is like changing the fabric of a land. So what do they call the thing? Terraforming? The thing yes, you'd have yeah, to do yeah, in yeah. space to be able to live anywhere? Like, this is yes. a mild version of terraforming that had yeah. to be done before the yeah, 100 Skyway and the Tea Party could get built. Yeah, and if Walt was alive, he would be in the Bezos... Like, I'm sure... I'm assuming Bezos and Musk have all talked about, like, terraforming Mars. That's yeah. gotta be... That has to be part of it if you want to live up in one of these places. You yeah. have to change the makeup of what is possible on the actual surface. Yeah, because Musk is like, well, you have to terraform it. And then <laughs> people are like, oh, what does that involve? Uh, you know, it's, uh, what else? Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was talking um, to Royland the other day. He has no further information about... Yeah, sometimes you listen to him talk and you go, does this guy know anything? <laughs> but you know what? He did sell a flamethrower. So that was cool. Wait, what? 
he sold a flamethrower you could buy. Yeah, but it, it, it didn't, didn't, really didn't really work. work right? yeah, and it was yeah. kind of like not that different than the one you use to kill weeds. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was, you know, the boring company. They they make little tunnels, and he sold a flamethrower a couple couple years ago. That's that's pretty sick. <laughs> it's pretty fucking Honestly, sick, man. I gotta say, where I'm sitting, that's pretty sick. Pretty sick, bro. Uh, just take a flamethrower to Mars, and I'll probably just like carve it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. build tunnels. Born Company done. Born Company's gonna do it. Living tunnels on Mars. Yeah, <laughs> it's Kyle, 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 Kyle Mooney character you're doing there. <laughs> 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 um, but the character's right. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. It's a correct character. Um, so, oh, oh, also in terms of like bizarre nature. Uh, like, okay, other things that were there at the time. Gators, armadillos, uh, and I heard a quote from Marty Sklar that one of the first times he went, they were on a boat and they passed by what became Discovery Island, the weird abandoned zoo, and that the only thing that was there at the time was an illegal hunter shack, <laughs> just like a weird <laughs> tin facility of people trying to hunt deer, deers. Boars and turkeys. Something about that island, man. Just people want to trespass on it. Like, it's just the allure of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then and now. Uh, um, <laughs> something magical on there, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, this is illegal hunting shacks and snakes you got to shoot up. Uh, what a bizarre what a bizarre place. Um, and not only all that, not only just, like, the the taming of nature that had to be done there's also all of this weird infrastructural stuff yes because like and i'm out of my depths to talk about like the zoning and the city stuff but they like just they should have been bound to all of these rules that anything in a city would have been bound to like 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 there was all this zoning stuff that they didn't want to have to answer to yes so they invented a city structure (laughs) to not have to do any of that is that Mm -hmm. basically correct well and they would use the the epcot movie as like and we might build a city you know they might that you would use it as like a carrot to dangle so we need all uh, of so the like, city zoning stuff. We need stuff control. We're do this. We yeah. need control. Of the, like it's unusual for a resort property to have full control of like yeah. localized yeah. area. This is what I have. It says uh, Disney lawyers employed Chapter Two Ninety Eight in the Florida Code, which allowed for the creation of independent drainage districts aimed at promoting the development of Florida's swampy lands. Thus, in May 1966, the Reedy Creek Improvement District was born. The RCIP would have near total control over the land. A problem, though, is that the United States Constitution guaranteed certain legal and political rights to all citizens, even those within a drainage district. Disney's solution was to create fake company-controlled municipalities. Only permanent residents would be permitted to vote, and Disney would grant permanent residency only to a select group of employees and managers who were also loyal to the company. Which is insane. Jeez. And this gets you into some stuff. We were talking about this on the second gate with Celebration Florida. You guys made me aware of this thing that I didn't know. That they've had employees live in trailers on the property so that they can vote. And they will vote the way that the company wants in this fraudulent election. To circumvent the U.S. Constitution. (laughs) I love that, yeah, from that passage, by the way, there was a problem, though. The U.S. Constitution states, what a problem. The Disney lawyers also kept telling Walt, like, this was this problem with 
the Epcot city. It's like you can't let people live here permanently or they will want to vote and control the city they live in. <laughs> so it's like, well, they'll live here temporarily. And it's like, so that <laughs> temporarily, but you can't lives make everywhere these, temporarily. <laughs> you can't make these people gerbil. Like you can't make these people animals in a zoo, like <laughs> the human zoo. Yeah. Well, he had this other, I also just saw this, that he, uh, he he wanted to basically uh progress city would have had no retirees you can't no. be retired there <laughs> yes. because you have to have a job you got to be working and contributing to progress city or to disney up the road or something on this land and maybe in the future i will build another city where retirees are allowed but not progress city because if you're retired you're making no progress yeah and it I, it's wild and um that's where now we're getting loony no it, no retiring here it it does and again it's so funny to think about because you're talking about committees made me think of this section from the getaway book uh roy set up a central committee to work on the amusement park walt was not included in the group <laughs> mark and there's an anecdote in here from mark davis of like walt was focused on the city he did he the secondary project was the amusement was the east coast disneyland and he would get annoyed if people tried to take too much of his time to talk about the park i also think that that has some, i mean i think there's people have written about it. i think it has something to do with why the park isn't drastically drastically different than disneyland because he was like yeah yeah just make a very similar park like he was because he was not so invested didn't he was care. He, he didn't care he was he was much more about new stuff Wow. So instead of being like a f totally new, different park, he was like, yeah, yeah, you guys do whatever you want. So he, yeah. There's some world where there aren't other Magic Kingdoms like at all, or they're just well, like, there or are, he just but never touches they're, them. They're, yeah, exactly. Like, it's just like, yeah, because they, they were talking about Tokyo before, like way before it ever got built. Oh, okay. Like there was already some chatter of other parks elsewhere. Yeah. But I doubt, Walt, all, any, anytime I've ever read about Walt, he seems like a guy who's like very adamant about one thing until they go, hey, you know, we can make a bunch of money and it should be, and he goes, all right, fine. So like, yeah, like they're probably, he would have like franchised Disney out and focused on his city and then terraforming Venus or something. <laughs> you know, well, I'm going to a different planet than this Bezos character. He might have figured out some life elongating scheme so that he is still around. I mean, mm -hmm. he was, you know, in like, okay, wait. Well, they're the, all the, the frozen, the cryogenic stuff. Is not true. He's not frozen. But was he looking into cryogenics at least? That's a good question that I don't know the answer to because our current billionaires are doing this, and this oh. is a minor fascination with myself as well. Reading about all this futurism stuff about life. You freezing yourself? Yes, me freezing myself. Uh, uh, I just read that Larry King for years had said he wanted to freeze himself, but his family talked him out of it. So yep. Larry is not frozen. Man. But, yeah. I tried, though. I don't actually know. Have you ever seen if Walt expressed the desire to actually have himself frozen, or that's just... I Some of his behavior at the end of the his life definitely seems like a man who wants to, you know, leave a lasting impression like he it seems like the, <laughs> he feels like the specter of death is following him frankly sure. like some of his behavior so i have to think at some point he thought like how do i outlive this sure 
Because I, the, the Funk Clan talks about, like, he was drinking more at the end of his life. Well, sure. And he went in for some surgery, and that's an unrelated surgery, and then they found the cancer. Right, because he had a horrible cough. But yeah, there's no, like, document, like documentation, I don't know. I don't know of. I don't know exactly. Of him yeah. saying like, and I'd like to be frozen. Can it we get a be, big freezer and put me in there? It I could think? be in one of those you, two biographies. According to mentalfloss.com, uh, that somebody, maybe not him, I think he was on his deathbed and someone from the studios called a cryogenics place and asked a lot of questions, a lot of very oh, detailed questions. And that apparently, uh, the okay, wait. He never specified it in writing, and when he died, the family didn't go for it. Two weeks later, they froze the first man. Oh, really? So this was the first? Wow, only happened. So he was maybe in contention. If he had like gotten it out and verbalized it, he could have been the first man frozen. Now, that's pretty crazy. Not, not just wow. to be frozen. He could have been the first. Wow, that is crazy. Never knew that fact. Uh, that would have... I think that would... I don't know which company that was. I don't know if they're still around. I mean, there's there was an expose because baseball player Ted Williams was frozen. And there are two ways I, I understand to be frozen. One is your whole body gets frozen or they separate the head mm-hmm. and just freeze the head. I think... Correct, maybe I'm wrong about it being Ted Williams, but there was the um, there was an expose on one of these places and they just had like heads hanging around people mistreating the heads yeah and just um, like a fucking sleazy creepy weird fake business i don't know if it's totally fake but like truly not some sort of professional thing where yeah. they take these like human bodies that have just passed away uh, they treat them well. I don't know if it's that story, but there's a sim- there's some cryonics kind of situation that I I liked because it was up in in Chatsworth, which is closer to where I'm from. Where like there's a, a forest lawn, there's a cemetery where they got some space at the cemetery to do some experiment on. There were ten bodies in there, and then it was all investigated and looked into after the funding had been cut. And people walked in. It was just this horrifying room of like melting. It just wasn't like oh my god, it was not yeah. being refrigerated. And and I, I drove up there not like it was a whole podcast about it i don't remember specifics very well but i was like i gotta drive up there just to like know the vibe like even to feel what it's like to go off of a road and then get into a building where there's ice and corpses melting it, that is the creepiest shit ever. it is i know a family friend was living with someone who was frozen Whoa. and was there at the end and was like weird x-file shit of like people lingering well, in the final few weeks, like just like this weird shadow company lingering uh. while the, the the gentleman was like slowly passing away. Over huh. the, and it is just hearing a little bit about it. You go, this is just so creepy. Uh, I don't know. I, I would be fascinating to know how many of these places are still around. I think by and large, the community that is actually trying to and aging which is really what a lot of these people's premise is that like you're trying to deal with diseases and like trying to cure diseases but really the thing is is aging Mm -hmm. aging is the thing our cells get weak and they can't fight things off anymore so i don't i think that freezing is is going out of fashion pretty fast (laughs) we're not this has been if we're talking if the first man was frozen frozen in 66 is what we're discovering uh, that's older than Disney World. Yeah. Uh, happy 56th birthday, freezing. Yeah. Uh, freezing. I don't think it's going too well for you. I think the proof would be in the pudding, and the pudding is melting. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there was another story a few years ago about like a cryogenic startup where like 
oh no the, the power went out and all everything melted like it's, yeah. it's like the, the best minds are not focused on this you no, know it's yeah. there's a lot of other things yeah i guess perhaps if somebody is i wonder what the best cryogenics place maybe they do have a corpse that has been preserved and once they figure the aging thing out they can do it but it feels like they're all but it feels it doesn't feel nearly as good as the austin powers technology mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't think that's possible it's not at cool all pods do you think anyone uh, ever looked into freezing themselves because they watched the first 12 minutes of austin powers didn't continue uh, to watch the fun comedic romp that <laughs> ensued they just saw it as like a technological leap forward i watched a sci-fi thriller the other day <laughs> 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 something about power it was about the power mm-hmm. probably a free i think it was called the power of freezing the power free yeah i think there's gotta be one person who got away maybe it was larry maybe larry king watched it <laughs> i i'd like to be frozen now please <laughs> One frozen. <laughs> Since you mentioned it, uh, I believe Disney's remains were cremated and are in one of the forest lawn cemeteries forest in lawn. the San Fernando Valley. Mm, which, again, we're not that far from. I, I, en- I enjoyed a, uh, a nice iced tea uh, earlier today in the shadow of the hospital where he died. Oh sure, it's not well, that's where well they've there. got that walk up Starbucks and yes, yeah, yeah they've yeah, got yeah. it. I rode my bike, yeah. it was very pleasant. I, I didn't go there and th- think about. Uh, well, now I feel bad. I didn't go there and think about Walt here while we're doing this episode. I should have like, uh, you know, bent down and said a little something. Said a little something. Poured sure. out some of yeah. that ice cream. <laughs> Can I see the drop tile ceiling where he explained how the city was laid out? <laughs> In his last okay, week, yeah, yes. That well, this was another General Joe Potter thing that he went to see him on his deathbed in the last couple weeks, and that he's using the ceiling and saying, "Well, then that's going to be over there, and that'll be the hub." You see, and he's like pointing at an empty ceiling and saying, "This plan this is nuts." So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This uh, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> It's so, truly surreal. Austin Powers is more real than what you just described to me. Now, like mere mere feet away from where we are right now. Yeah. In his defense, terraforming Swampland, building a major international vacation destination, they got pretty close. <laughs> they did, got pretty close. Oh, yeah. Some what he did was nuts. Stuff that's yeah. ever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Where they landed, and I thank them for it. It's truly wonderful. But (laughs) the metaphor I kept thinking about is like if you set out to make a Thanksgiving dinner and very quickly you (laughs) abandon the raw turkey and the entree becomes mashed potatoes. And that is the main course. The mashed potatoes are the main course. The secondary, the side dish is now the main course. And over the course of 50 years, the mashed potatoes just get more and more elaborate. And also more and more You're like sweating expensive. while you're saying this. You're getting like really worked up talking about these mashed potatoes. Because uh, the, the, all the stories about it, it's like, yeah, the, 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 this was secondary. The, the amusement park, yeah, the yeah, theme sure. park was secondary. Jim Hill, I think, pointed out that essentially it was the icon, the, the weenie was the Magic Kingdom to drive uh, people's eye, to drive traffic, tourism dollars, tourists to the Florida property when the city was going to be the main focus. It probably makes sense to get people down there with something mm-hmm. to do. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> amusement park. And not just like come to the city with no olds, with no old people. <laughs> come to the Logan's Run city. <laughs> yeah. <is>. No retirees. <laughs> I mean, the subtext of that is they 
killed the old people, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> they yeah, were yeah. euthanized. You think? Yeah, yeah. Here's the general, <laughs> frozen general. No, ge- we'll freeze you. <laughs> Here, we'll show you the freezing machines. And no, they're actually they're they're turbines. Walt, it's just big fans. Walt, <laughs> Marty Scott writes in his book. Walt entered the office and said, "We need a way to get rid of the old people." <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> no, the ones not in control. <laughs> the ones so who Bo- haven't done anything with their lives. And Bob Gurr was like, "Well, I just built a big fan and." <laughs> Let's just roll them in. I don't know. Let's, let's call it the magical chamber of dreams. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> That's got a nicer ring to it than euthanations. And then we <laughs> I went to the Sherman. We went to the Sherman Brothers. And they needed a song for the fan. <laughs> yeah. Winter, the magical machine. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's some animator somewhere who's like, well, I I animated the two cats and the Aristocats, and then I well I helped him come up with death panels. <laughs> <laughs> He said, you've got talent. <laughs> Help me with some numbers issues. <laughs> Do it all. The way you solve healthcare is to not have old people. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to support them. <laughs> oh, man. Um, speaking of insanity, though, there was all this, like, um, how, okay, so, Jason, you said it, that uh, they finally, they start getting the project off the ground. They're going to build something, and... <laughs> the uh, uh, the the state is kind of well. I don't know. You need to follow these rules, and you got to uh, you know you should abide by this and that. Well, let's show you this movie, and this movie has Walt in it, and he's going to talk about his dream, and then it melted everyone's icy hearts. And now, like, well, okay, whatever you need, what would you like to do? And suddenly, Disney had the power. They had no uh, state or county regulation <laughs> on buildings, <laughs> airport construction. They could have built an airport, though they never did. Uh, uh, distribution and sale of alcoholic beverages didn't have to apply for the regular stuff for that. And they even had the right to build a nuclear power plant. <laughs> Anyone know that? I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard it either. Yeah. yeah. They were like, and still, and this is like a Florida law legislature thing. And I don't think it's all companies. I think it is like on the books in mm-hmm. Florida that if the Walt Disney company wants to build a nuclear power plant on that property, they can do it. And it for sure still does exist because every once in a while, a state senator will come around and say, maybe that should be out of there. (laughs) Even though it doesn't seem likely that here in 2021... Disney is going to suddenly build a nuclear power. It, that's not doesn't seem like the way the winds are blowing. They did build a nice solar power plant with yeah. the shape of Mickey's ears. That's cute <laughs> and nice and, and forward thinking. Nuclear power they're probably not going to do. However, even though it was just this minor thing that I think the senator kind of dropped ultimately, Disney still sent in lobbyists. So like to keep the option open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Still put in money to say actually we would like to still have that right. You you gotta have a little wiggle room. You know you gotta let (laughs) industry grow. I mean that is the give and take of all these parks, but like especially the stuff about Disney World because Walt was encouraging his you know I think we said earlier like the the Florida property will give us projects for decades and he encouraged the Imagineers to like think past your lifetime and that's a good I think that is you should tell artists that you know that I think that is good but then it's funny to see the way the parks are executed where it's like you are lucky if attraction you have a handful of attractions that last 20 30 years or so and then the other thing is he wants industry to fund all this stuff to to make all this stuff and they're not thinking past their lifetimes industry Mm -hmm. is thinking about lining their pockets (laughs) and the way you line your pockets changes 
as sure. industries evolve and change. So yeah. it's like, oh, I don't. Uh, that he he was a man of conflicts for sure. <laughs> Could I mean, he have built an atomic bomb? Also, <laughs> might I mean I don't know the full. Is I that possible go, when you have a nuclear away, power have plant? Bl- blow a bunch of dust off of a big book in the Florida uh, state legislature, it, but yeah, is it possible probably. on the books is like Walt was allowed to build one nuclear bomb every decade <laughs> and like would he have hit would he have hit universal orlando with the bomb <laughs> during construction <laughs> that was legal according to some sort of charter it was in Florida. Legal. Sorry. you know business yeah. cost of doing business so they want to keep it open for that reason if they want to torpedo sea world or uh, sesame place is expanding let's get these fuckers out of there yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah if they wanted to build a big drill machine yeah it can like go in a subterranean fashion under one of their yeah like um, um like uh krang's ships that he would use from the from the technodrome to the surface area level yeah you know, they'd have that yeah. big drill on the front they got disney got real nervous when ninja turtles started using that because they're like uh, <laughs> how did the really close yeah, to our they, copyright the they real- locked them down locked them down at mgm studios in the early <laughs> yeah, good point. Let's cut a yeah. deal. Uh, you come dance around in our parks, and <laughs> we won't say anything about this subterranean machine you blew the cover on. You know, um, while they were fighting the state, they were also benefiting uh, a lot of the developments in the state because the Florida highway system was being rapidly like expanded and built, like Interstate Four and the Florida Turnpike. Mm-hmm. And it's then where they built where they did it was proximity to. Uh, yeah, yeah, to those roads, thinking like, you know, there wasn't really, there wasn't a major airport yet no. in Orlando. So, yeah, those highways are super important to them and why they put it there. Orlando was still McCoy Air Force Base and then gradually shifted to more and more civilian flights. And it's still uh-huh. the the three letter code for Orlando is MCO. MCO. It's oh, still, I it's never MCO. knew wow. that. It's still a holdover front. It was an Air Force Base, Weird. but with the drawdown as Vietnam was wrapped up, that. Air, was no longer an air, needed an Air Force base in Florida. Wow. And now, in yeah. In a wide room with that <laughs> <laughs> Land and get on the Mickey's Magical Express. <laughs> white room flying. I guess not anymore. Right? Well, for a short while longer. <laughs> oh, is it still going right I think now? I thought it was still going to the end of the calendar year. Oh, okay. I apologize for not knowing that. Um. So, where where are we now? I mean, this is all... Such madness! What they had to do. This. They, this also like, in addition to, yeah, the, uh, terraforming. Essentially, they're also they they got to do hotels for the first time, <laughs> and they've mm-hmm. never they've never done that because the Disneyland Hotel was this other corporation running it, and they were mm-hmm. just licensing the name initially. Now Disney runs a ton of hotels. They did not at the time. They had to learn some stuff about it. I saw this weird fact that there was a, in the lead up to Disney World opening in like the year prior, they saw that a guy was opening a, a little Hilton Inn on iDrive. He was like prepping it, just an independent owner. And Disney went to the guy and said, hey, can we run your hotel for you as practice? <laughs> like th- this is this odd little where you'd go to the hotel and you wouldn't even know Disney was running the joint and did for like 18 months after the opening of Disney where they, they made cut this big deal. We won't just leave you out to dry. This will be our hotel for a little while. We'll just like learn and watch and figure it out and train people in here 
and then uh, so that they were more able to do contemporary and Polynesian. Wow. That's yeah, that is wild. Like, was were, like were the Imagineers like dressed up? Did they running it? Like, <laughs> how were they incognito? Like, <laughs> like uh, yes, hello, nothing to see here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, doing like uh, broad uh, um, <laughs> like, characters and like a John Cleese in Faulty Towers. I assume <laughs> <laughs> all big English accents and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, comical pratfalls. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the stupidly large key rings. Well, yeah, they had to see how guests would react to pratfalls from the hotel staff. <laughs> they just needed to know all the different angles of it. Day to day, pratfalls are going to happen at some mm-hmm. point in the calendar here. So. <laughs> if, if a bellboy is holding too many bags and the bags open, how will the guest react? <laughs> you wouldn't know unless you tried, <laughs> unless you ran it. And tried that. There was like a monkey running around who like took the little bellhop costume and put it on and then was running wild in a room. Yeah. Something I assume happened in a Disney live action film around that time. Was Yeah. It was Dunstan checks in based on an older, older movie, <laughs> which is the movie you just described? I just assume it's if it if it was in the late 60s and Kurt Russell was in it, there's probably a monkey <laughs> there's running a movie. Around. Oh, yeah. Kurt Russell was in uh, Chimp Hotel <laughs> from 1962. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very popular. The Jane Goodall research, you know, was just hitting. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Suzanne Plachette and Kurt Russell mm-hmm. in Chimp Hotel. Walt Disney presents <laughs> Chimp Hotel, which is coming back on Disney Plus. There's going to be a full, yeah, three season arc of it. Uh, um, yeah. Follow, followed up, of course, by uh, the, the Bananas Bellhop. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, you start with season one, you don't have three negotiate contracts. So, <laughs> yeah, of course. So, yeah, well, we're, we're excited about that. I didn't know that. I didn't know they were, like, testing hotel stuff. They're running a hotel. There's a whole, like, even, like, hiring up was apparently pretty difficult because just, like, this notion, everything that they'd figured out in California and what was by now in motion of, like, it's the Disney look and the Disney way of being and it's cast members and it's friendliness and all the custom, like, just, like, hiring people. I think they had trouble shifting people to, like, teaching the Disney way, just sort yeah. of a creepy thing to bring mm-hmm. up, I guess. But just this like manifested itself in that people would show up at Disney, say, I want a job. And they wouldn't really know like what uh, the kinds of jobs they were even filling. Speaking of monkeys, there was a guy who was like, you're hiring. Okay, great. Went to his truck, brought out a little train monkey and did a little act and thought <laughs> like, this is so I can do this in Disney world. Great. Amusement parks, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, carnivals. This is an amusement. Are you not amused? Wow, was like an organ grinder type of a situation? Or? Yeah, I think so. Wow, wow, yeah. Just thought like you could use this, couldn't you? And they, he was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they should have it still. Yeah, they, there hasn't been a live monkey in a part of an animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. I assume for a long time. Yeah, but not in like a city environment. That's true. A yeah, costume. Right. It, That's what we want. It's kind of crazy to think about. Um, you know, uh, not that Central Florida was a total backwater, but it was a bit off the beaten path because mm-hmm. they had to build a factory where, like, uh, Port Orleans is now to construct the modular hotel rooms <laughs> for the two hotels. Oh, yeah. But then they had to build the monorail, like the concrete beams, in Tacoma, Washington, and mm-hmm. then get them across the country. Wow. So it everything is, they're kind of learning it 
as they go along and with hiring i guess that's how they ended up with uh like uh, about five thousand cast members on opening day mm -hmm. when they ended up with ten thousand guests so that's a cast member for every for every <laughs> two guest guests? <laughs> wow. two guests. Yeah. Two yeah. guests yeah 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 jeez yikes um yeah i think like yeah, I think a lot of it was very difficult. Like they didn't like who's going to build the monorail? Who's around that can do that? Just like all all the functional stuff. And they'd only done this once before. And I was also reading how they everything at Disneyland was built sort of in this Bob Gurr way that we talk about where I don't know, I did it and I did a little drawing and here's how it worked. I worked it out and then it was there. There was no plan and put there was no like here's a book of how you do this ride or that ride because it all just sort of happened and kind of nobody <laughs> thought it would happen again so reproducing everything i think was a big hassle yeah yeah it is because obviously now like they probably could get they probably have like down to the centimeter every single ride in a database yeah oh like, yeah they have to i mean exact dimensions of everything and every uh, character in it and every exact paint color and yeah you could 3d print a disney park and right stuff. in like a couple days but There's it is no fun. humans involved <laughs> it is like hey did you take notes on how we built the other one no <laughs> no <laughs> I, thought about that. I do yeah i guess we should have saved some of the drawings right. huh that I, was that one okay well i kind of remember how it is <laughs> i what? think osha comes along after the opening of disney world <laughs> Oh, right, yeah, I'm sure. not saying it's because of the opening of Disney World, but it, they uh -huh. weren't subject to it for a while. Right, right. You know? mm. So, yeah, that is why it's just wild because so much stuff, I mean, just not even taking it out of theme parks. You, I just like you go, you drive through a city, you go, how do they figure out how to do a city? How do they figure out how to make <laughs> yeah. one of these tall buildings? I feel like such an idiot. Yeah. Because I'm like, if you really think about just logistically how our world has been constructed... I go, I'm the dumbest person alive. I have no clue how to do this. And then in in the span of human history, it's relatively, it's not long that this stuff was all created. And so it's interesting getting a little like microcosm of it from Disney World yeah. going, yeah, this, it is funny how you just take so many just like mundane things for granted just because they exist. And you go, well, they always knew how to run a hotel or build a monorail, but they did not. They truly were kind of clueless. I know. I think that all is, yeah, streets. Yeah, what? Streets. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm like the dumbest man alive if I really start to think about stuff. And I go, I don't know how this works. I don't know how. I passed by a pothole. And then I was like, why aren't, why isn't it all potholes? How is our streets built? <laughs> there aren't potholes everywhere right. all the time. Exactly. Yes. Um, so. Dumb. I'm dumb. I'm, yeah, I'm real dumb. <laughs> Jason, no? Not dumb. I'm reasonably dumb. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I could, uh, yeah, build a city or anything like that, but I read a little and I cannot <laughs> apply it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no application for the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I well, what have we missed on the way to, to, to opening day? Because we, yeah. we want to we want to get to yeah. opening day. A Roy, bit. you yeah. got to give it up oh, to right. Roy O. Disney because well, he. He kind of made it all ha He had first off, he had to put up he's with uh, his brother's crazy schemes. Uh, and then, you know, kind of resigned himself to like, we got to do this. And I want to do this in his honor. Well, and did make him his retirement. Postponed his retirement. Yeah. Uh, also died a few months after opening day of Disney World in December of 71. 
yes, like my work here is done. And then like heaven <laughs> took him away. away. <laughs> he slept for the first time in 40 plus years or so. <laughs> and it was instant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the whole, the Imagineering story, I believe goes into this, how he was always the money guy. And then this was his chance to get involved with the artists and the Imagineers and the, like the people doing the fun stuff. And he apparently had a lot of fun. He saw the other side of it. He saw the stuff that Walt got to do. Mm-hmm. He got to do it. And I think he died with a, with a lot of joy. And he, of course, is why it is called Walt Disney World. That right. was one of his first moves was to we'll put the full name in it so that people are more likely to remember the man as if it would I was going to say like really I guess Roy <laughs> yeah I think his he, name is Disney your name is pretty splashy life uh, and <laughs> yeah. on camera a lot I mm-hmm. think uh, so much footage of him <laughs> yeah um, like, all oh, people are likely to be forgotten oh probably Walt not. Disney <laughs> oh I thought it might be a different guy because this is on the east Co- oh okay it's him I see I see not Jonathan Q Disney it was no. Walt Disney okay, okay. got it um, so yeah, I mean, it seems like his drive really caused it all to happen. And that's why there's a statue of him at the park, mm-hmm. correct? In the magic, uh, mm-hmm. sitting on a bench next to Minnie. Right. Gotta ask, Mike. Yeah. A little P- jealous? Pisses me off, yeah. <laughs> that old man doesn't deserve to sit next to Minnie. His true love, on. though. He was a like money spent, man. Like Hepburn and Tracy, you <laughs> know? <laughs> Never got divorced, but, well, you know, that was real love. You know? I don't know. I don't care for it. Yeah. Well, maybe the golden one they're putting in will be your shot. Yeah, they should. It would just be. It should be the exact same statue, but without Roy, and you can sit mm-hmm. there and take your own photo. <laughs> That's what I would prefer. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, he, Roy makes it happen. Um, they set October 1st, 1971 as the day, partially because um, they are remembering the mistakes of Disneyland. Disneyland opened in the middle of the summer. It was extremely hot, which caused all of the famous problems that they ran out of water and the women's heels are melting into the concrete. It just added to the mania that it was so hot and the disaster that was Disneyland opening day. We did mm-hmm, an episode mm-hmm. about it. You can go check that out. Um, so they didn't want that. So they, they picked October when the weather is worse, mm-hmm. uh, when school is back in session. Yes. It's a Friday. It's kind of, is it a Friday? Man, I don't know that. It's a Friday now. It is a Friday. It's Friday this year. It was a Friday. It okay. Friday. Yeah, I didn't get yeah. that wrong. Uh, so just kind of like middle, it's not a weekend. Uh, they, I think they wanted to downplay it a lot. And this is funny cause it's sort of how the opening of galaxy's edge yes. played out. Where they're saying, you're just sensing from a lot of places, this is going to be pretty nuts. You maybe don't want to be part of this. Maybe people mm-hmm. stay away. And then they did. And it was like oddly, because we were there first day of Galaxy's Edge, it was oddly sparse everywhere mm-hmm. but Galaxy's Edge. And that's sort of what happened with Disney World, too. They It worked too well leading to that problem of a cast member <laughs> for every two people. Uh and I, it was uh, so it was initially like very initially i think there was it's not like it got it was that dire but i think it opened with a feeling of uh oh what if this didn't what if we didn't successfully do the east coast outreach what if people aren't interested in this mm-hmm. over yes. here is or hopefully this is just like uh, a result of people being afraid of crowds, but maybe we messed it up. They, Roy did think that before he passed away. Like, that was keeping him awake. 
I may yeah. be alive. The stress was <laughs> coursing through his body, keeping uh-huh. him alive. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a bad first couple weeks, I, I believe, seemingly. Yeah. I, I think they, I think it turned around by the time Thanksgiving came around. I think the mm-hmm. Thanksgiving holiday, they were like, oh, wow, there's a lot of people. There's like 50,000 people in the park. Yeah, yeah. I th- no, it like it exploded pretty quickly thereafter. And then with thus leading to like giant lines of cars, they'd have to like block parking lots and say nobody could come in. So cars would just pull off to the side of the road and wait. <laughs> and then they'd see a car leave and they'd go, all right, well, then I can go in. And they'd go to the turnstile and say that. Well, I saw a car leaves. That means I get to go. Well, no, it's not as simple as that. What? Why not? So like furious campouts and like i think i think it was like pretty rough in terms of crowd management for the first little run yeah there's a a funny helicopter story um the website this day in disney history has a Mm -hmm. couple of good uh did you find this Mm -hmm. too um uh, uh, has a lot of interesting facts and pictures and stuff there's a story about card walker and don tatum uh two executives going up in a helicopter and seeing lines and lines of cars uh, and getting very excited at all the people coming. And then the cars started to turn the wrong way, and they realized it was all the cast members going to park. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. It is really like, the, from this, from these stories to the opening day special contrasted with Disneyland, it is night and day. It is so like, call, that opening, this opening day special is pre-recorded. It yeah. starts with that just... part of it, yeah. They were like, we learned about, we will... Film this over the course of three days instead of trying to do some big live mm-hmm. thing. And it was done way later. This was done after October 1st. Right. So yes. it was just kind of like, yeah, it'll just be over. We'll just ramp up slowly over a month. No big weird special <laughs> where people are on drugs and <laughs> cheating on their wives. It is. Why? Yes. That, it's the difference. Night, like the, the Disney World special opened. We, I don't want to jump ahead, but like it opens with a four minute Glenn Campbell music video. <laughs> Largely Glenn Campbell. <laughs> a it is lot. Bl- so much Glenn Campbell. This yeah. Is, oh, watch this special if you want to kind of follow along with us the grand opening of Walt Disney World 1971 um yeah it's real sleepy the song's called today is mine today is mine (laughs) and it's the whole song and it's the first and there's shots of Disney World but not as many as you'd think the first four minutes of the opening day special would have fields it's a lot of fields and swampland and then he keeps coming back with very boring speeches like you're, i was just mm-hmm. sitting here going like yeah. shut up man play wichita lineman uh, yeah, come I mean, on I like i like some glenn campbell songs <laughs> yeah but, uh, um but it is yeah, it's, it's real meandery and just kind of like spirit and hope and americana <laughs> and that's the that song is what i read like it's like there's a feeling there's a feeling rumbling neath this land uh, and then they don't really t- show you like yeah right and it's not like sky buckets and there's some disney songs but you're like i'm not sure why this was the choice yeah the the contrasting it with if you haven't heard our disneyland opening day special you can even just watch that special it is crazy it is it is uh, it is punk rock, the Disneyland opening special. I was going to say, it's like cinema verite. Yeah. It's like very, yeah, uh, and like kind of with its like harsh black and white. I think yes. that adds to it uh, uh, that you can't always make out what's happening. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's like a very distinct visual palette. And it's, this is just this like 70s Tide commercial. It is just yeah. so yeah. bland in every way. They're just like, I don't know what it was with the 70s. Maybe it was the... It's it's post uh, Vietnam. Let's say it. Let's calm everybody down. Things are hectic. Everything just got so like 
sanitized and gentle. Chilled, yeah, nothing yeah. Nothing going on. Calm. Well, I think in 55, television was still very new. Like, it was still the early well, days yeah, of the medium. So they, stuff. So to do a major broadcast for this giant event, and then by the 70s, it's like, all right, we figured out how to, like, cut variety and cut, like, per, you know live events down to something that like it's very clean but yeah, then it's they've like had experience doing it and it's not yeah. just it's just not by the seat of our pants anymore but it's yeah. too clean that said there are there's a couple versions on youtube one of which uh, i i think the one has more commercials in it from the time and that's mm-hmm. a lot of fun like getting to oh, see well, of course we've we yeah we talked about that the eastern airlines uh, ad with Orson Welles narrating of like oh. fly Eastern <laughs> Airlines to Disney World, Walt Disney World. <laughs> there is a certain airline. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's something. The special, I would say, if I had to choose between this or really any other special, you know, hey, look, I love my old Disney World specials. I watch these all the time. I would not put this towards the top. Of my favorites, it is Meandry. Oh, yeah. That is for sure. Boy, some sleepy musical numbers. I, You know, hey, I think we all like Julie Andrews plenty. I don't I don't need to see any of those numbers again. No, <laughs> she no, no. She doesn't do a bad job or anything. It's just all, boy. She, she entered, she's introduced, like, on the monorail, and the, the noise of the monorail is just as loud as her voice, <laughs> which is really funny. Uh, and then she does, like, yeah, like a weird, like disco zippity doodah like not even disco mm-hmm. like kind of i don't know i guess a little dance it's just it has like boo 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 in it right yes so it's like i don't know what this is and, and like hip 70s varieties kids dancing with her yeah and i don't ugly colors ugly colors, colors. i don't believe anyone would wear in reality um, yeah uh, and then fucking bob hope shows up oh man and that's really the core of it is the mist as they call lengthy. him the spirit of eternal youth now <laughs> there could not be an older looking man yes. <laughs> than bob hope in 1971 man lived to be a oh. hundred <laughs> he lived to the ripe old age of a hundred 100 years old and he had boy, it, oh, he had his, his, you know, it wasn't youthful was his brain. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> not the, no, not the he's greatest ideas. Not the most forward thinking ideas. This man telling uh, a lot of body half jokes, like, yeah, like you're half set up, half punchline. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, it's well, not we, all it, the way there. <laughs> if you don't know this footage, it is, I will give it this. It is possibly the craziest set up for a stand-up comedy routine that has ever occurred. Oh, which yeah. Which is the monorail landing in the inside station of the Contemporary <laughs> Hotel. The monorail door is open. Bob Hope walks down half a flight of stairs and does his stand-up. Fl- uh, uh, flanked by two mm-hmm. guides, with a, like, riding crop plaid-style right. guides. Uh, and then he's... And, and the you know, the Contemporary Hotel, if you've been in there, is just very, like... Uh, I mean, it's a pretty just big open concourse, but it's also like kind of angular depending on where you are. So you feel like his angle is weird and everything's pointed weird and diagonal and it keeps cutting to balconies where everybody's like leaning in these weird ways and the sight lines aren't. That's the funniest that people are like they walked out of their hotel room and they're leaning over the the (laughs) balcony on the 12th floor trying to watch a comedy routine it's one of the strangest rooms i think ever that would, stand-up's been done in yeah it wouldn't shock me also if it was all not like shot at different times 
because of how odd it is. I don't think, I'm sure yeah. some of it was, but it's like, it's so disorienting that if you told me that like the place was empty except for Bob Hope and the two girls there. Yeah. You would be like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Because the audio is sweetened. The laughs are sweetened for sure. Oh yeah. Not enough. Not enough. It so still bland. makes, it still makes it sound like he's eating shit with these jokes. Yeah. A lot of them truly don't. Well, you want to you want to get into it? <laughs> you just have them on your forearm. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I have them tattooed. Yeah, you we have them tattooed. We didn't exhaust you with shitty old comedy talk earlier this week with the the two hour forty five minute late shift. Get ready for some Bob Hope now. Older, sh- older, <laughs> even and older, shittier, older and shittier. Like. <laughs> yeah, uh, he goes. So he looks. There's a couple creepy jokes. He looks these girls up and down, and they have to be seven, seventeen or younger. I don't know. Maybe don't 18. Know what that is. We maybe, can't say yeah. that. I, mean, I guess maybe. not. They're very young looking. That's all I'll so say. So we have documentation. I don't want to I know you want to defend it. Bob Hope's honor here. I understand. <laughs> Always. Uh, um, but he goes, man. he like looks so one of them up and he goes, oh, boy, they don't build mice the way they used to. Which, first of all, let's just break this joke down. The, they're not mice. The the Because they're in Mouseketeers? What is he talking about here? It's unclear. Like, it's it, really unclear. What we're in Disney World. I, you, it's there. so. He could have just said like there are Mouseketeer. Maybe I, if I'm punching the joke up, it's like you, it's just really. What is he doing? What Do is, you I have got, the follow up to that like joke we, that they didn't let about like meet me? Yeah, he says like meet me in an adventure land. Meet me in an adventure like, land, and the audience is like uh, tickled by that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's, this old man is saying, "Hey, let's hook up in Adventure Land." That's the joke. Yeah. He's saying, I'm going to hook up with these two young women in Adventureland later. And he did. And they, he, they chartered a private jungle cruise well, boat. Mr. And, Eternal uh, Youth, who could turn it down? <laughs> who could turn out, down the charm of a probably in his late 50s, but seemingly in his early 80s? He couldn't do it. He impregnated both of them, and they raised their children together as friends. And uh, the children are friends, and they have Bob to thank for them. That's very nice. Uh, so. story. Beautiful story. Uh, there's a. I'm cutting. I'm cutting around here. Uh, I just like when he like really lazily goes, "Hey, what a building!" <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I know he's, we think it too. He's right. I mean, it is a great building. Mm-hmm. We really like yeah. the building. Well, it's really two buildings leaning against <laughs> each other. I want to congratulate the architect, Dean Martin. <laughs> is huh? that the strongest joke? No. no. In this set, is that the mean? strongest leaning? joke? Because he leans because he's, he's drunk? Yeah, because yeah. he's drunk leaning. and like... Leaning. Like, leaning. I guess so. Yeah. Well, you know, the way you lean, and the way you don't ever lean when you're sober, it is only activated by alcohol. Right. Leaning. And that's the thing we know about Dean Martin, is that he leans a lot. No that's the leaning. first thing that comes to your head when you think of Dean Martin, mm-hmm. is he leans a lot. So the guy was tall, but from the how often he's leaning, you'd think he was five two. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good joke. <laughs> there, I that that punched was, it up. Yeah, I yeah. Gave him one. Uh, <laughs> you could go. I keep going. Keep going. <laughs> it's better. I was, than if the, I was around to do the the. the if punch I could up. be in a hack scenario with Bob Hope, <laughs> if only <laughs> the young gun giving him the uh, um, John Wayne. When John Wayne <laughs> paints. I don't have that one. Well, when John Wayne doodles, he really doodles. Yeah, Is yeah. Because there's yeah. like a weird mural in, in the, the Mary Blair. It's He's the Mary referring Blair. Western the Western, for some reason, the Futuristic Hotel has a Western-themed mural, and you have to know this already to get the joke. Right. And he's like saying, John Wayne painted this. That's the joke. Uh, that one doesn't go that way. I don't feel like the audience gets that. The sweetened audience. <laughs> 
this is just like reference. This is the big references of the time. It's yeah, like yeah. if we were if we were nowadays talking about like I don't know like about oh I'm feeling real malignant in this hotel. <laughs> like I don't know. I can't. Oh, I'm feeling real malignant. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it. I just know it's a thing. What's what are the other things? Who painted this? Shang-Chi? <laughs> <laughs> These are the two things people talk about. BTS. I got BTS tickets for their tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see BTS. The or ride on the, the monorail s- smooth like butter. <laughs> I got the Saweetie meal at McDonald's. <laughs> Boy, what a meal, huh? What a meal. <laughs> Rough flight out here, I'll tell you. So much turbulence and all oh, the people on board. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I had after getting out of that. A lot of venom. I'm, I'm just thinking, let there be carnage. <laughs> look up the, to Google the name of the. I was praying to the patron saints of Newark. That flight was so rocky. <laughs> Who could go for a licorice pizza? <laughs> oh, if only cryogenics worked, then we could have a 125-year-old Bob he Hope. Truly, would be the spirit of eternal youth. Oh man, uh, we could ri- we could, would ride for one Bob Hope variety special and be able to buy a house. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know the econ- economics of comedy back in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, look, the, the economics are not wrong because now it's a bunch of weird shit that that most 10,000 people watch or listen to. Back then. This special that we're like kind of boring, right? Kind of bad yeah. stand-up and not a you know a boring Glenn Campbell songs. This is watched by uh, fifty-two million people. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Those numbers, uh, um, but no, the topicality. It's it was different. You know, you it is such that you sometimes have to do research to figure out what the joke was, as in this case, which is he's referencing the different lands. He says. Uh, they got a place, Fantasyland. That's like Spiro Agnew winning the National Open. <laughs> and at first, I'm like, all right, National, what, is, uh, what does that mean? Okay, context clues. Mm-hmm. Golf could be golf. When he was on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. he asked you the mayor, what's the mayor's name? Quimby, got it. And then he made a joke about <laughs> Mayor Quimby being a bad uh, golfer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, that must be what that is. Spiro Agnew was Nixon's vice president. So was Spiro Agnew a bad golfer? I look up Spiro Agnew golf. And it turns out that about seven months prior at Bob Hope's own golf tournament Mm -hmm. that uh, there was a foursome. And the foursome was Bob Hope, Willie Mays, baseball (laughs) guy Willie Mays, a a pro golfer named Doug Sanders, and the sitting vice president, Spiru (laughs) Agnew. And that that is a foursome at this golf tournament. They all tee up. This is the first. This is hole number one. Spiru Agnew takes his first shot, immediately hits two people in the stands. <laughs> An older husband and wife. They happen to be. If you're going to hit wow. people, make, just make sure they're married. Um, helps keep the lawsuits tidier. So he goes up to the woman, charms her like I'm so so. Well, if there's anything I can do, kisses her on the arm. Just uh, denoted that deal. Wow, the vice president hit me with a golf ball and kissed <laughs> me. Uh, then he goes, all right, and every charms everybody. Applause, applause, great. He goes back to the tee, uh, tees off again. Immediately hits somebody else. <laughs> hits them harder and worse Uh, yeah a woman half that age who had to go to the hospital and get an x-ray for it it's like Dick Cheney shooting the guy on hunt at hunting. He was the he was a, a pioneer yeah. of vice presidents in harming people. others. Uh, wow. Well, and you don't even know the half of it because it turns like the year prior he uh, hit somebody 
in the face. He shot a golf ball into somebody's face, <laughs> presaging Dick Cheney's bullet. And the person who he hit in the face was Doug Sanders, the other guy in the foursome. Who they still wow. put this guy still voluntarily after being hit in the face by him is like yeah sure sign me up I'll go out that's there wild wow. three people three uh, uh, people in the stands with two balls so that's the best joke in the set it kind of is yeah because Bob was there he knew it he heard right. the screams he saw the bruises personal Man. connection autobiographical yeah wow that's yeah. A, okay that's a good joke this is an honest set and that's why <laughs> an honest joke at least and that's why it was so funny yeah like people wouldn't be upset with him like they're upset with Mulaney now because he would hope was more honest than his stand up oh Jesus <laughs> I'm just saying you know <laughs> you felt so uh, betrayed I, yeah I know I felt <laughs> Bob Hope would never betray betray us with his comedy uh <laughs> real quick side note i have collected money at bob hope's house i didn't get to go like in in but i went to collect money from um uh bing crosby's second wife who i was working for oh who you at the worked time. for yeah that's right well because yeah. the house if you don't know is again not far from where we all live and do these, right. this podcast and it's like yeah it's this unbelievable this is this crazy insane yes property. and there's a three there's three hole golf course in the back oh, a golf course on it yeah, yeah, yeah. in toluca mm-hmm. lake over here so good christmas displays my mm-hmm. parents would take me to see sure. this is bob and dolores and dolores personally supervises it and dolores. remember all this because you'll probably run out of ideas and do a second gate on your podcast about this <laughs> that's a, that's a title yeah. you should use by the way second gate <laughs> that was when i was nine <laughs> right and she was they were right um, so that's what that joke was. Are there any other jokes that we want to name check? Did anyone else do any deep, deep dives into what a joke meant? No, I'm <laughs> glad you did because I actually, yeah, ignored that one. And I think that you got the juiciest one because the other ones. Yeah. Feel- also keep in mind that after all that, he he's a horrible golfer, uh, injuring people every time he plays. And then two years later, he's the first vice president to resign due to criminal charges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Spiro coming stay tuned that's coming back around later what criminal charges will come back up this later in this episode oh my god okay, okay. Later, how much how far are, ah, are you anticipating two more hours <laughs> we have a good time. it's entirely possible um, uh, well if, if we're done with Bob Hope who by the way comes back in an even more boring segment of the special oh my god yeah they just uh, give him like a little a non-comedic monologue a wistful monologue at the lake I was reading. I was reading how a lot of people were very annoyed with Bob Hope over the years. Like Johnny Carson was annoyed because he would he would like bring something up. Like, oh, so Bob, I hear you just came back from a tour, and he go, yeah, <laughs> on the show. Not a giving comedic partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like would um, just be a drag on a talk show. <laughs> Great. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. There is um, something in the special directly in my uh, line of interest, which is the one thousand seven hundred. So, no, sorry, 1,076-piece so, marching wow. band led by oh. the music man, creator, composer, Meredith Wilson. Mm-hmm. And they play 76 trombones marching down Main Street. Uh, there are indeed 76 trombones in this ensemble. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and uh, I, it is very funny that they are uh, playing a song from a musical about a con man who hoodwinks like average American Joes into spending a lot of money <laughs> at the opening of Walt Disney World. Uh, but as it is, Walt it's just is a the music man. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, he's not. I just think it's a funny selection, even though like they do occasionally <laughs> they do here trouble. on Main Street. 
Uh, yeah, that's true. No, I'm they play they the more con manny song. Yeah, they, no, they play the jaunty song that yeah, kind yeah. of is often played re- removed from it. But there, there are stories about um, people in the marching band, the you know kids in the marching band and stuff, and like the one kid, you know, their bus was really late arriving, and Roy O. Disney came out and shook their hands and said hi, and then Meredith Wilson sent like letters saying like thanks for being a part of this, like like to everyone in the in the it's band? seemingly to uh, people in the band. Wow, yeah. And as we know, I marched in a marching band down Main Street when I was in high school, and I did not get a letter. From the real, from, from the Meredith real Wilson, Meredith from Wilson, the, who was possibly <laughs> dead. Although you know that what, point. probably dead at this point. We played "Late in the Evening" by Paul Simon, and I did not get a, a letter from Paul Simon. Well, but Paul saying, Simon also wasn't leading your band down Main Street. I maybe he was. Oh well, I don't know. Maybe he was. <laughs> I don't think he was. <laughs> I, I think don't. You would have led with that as the the main part of the story. Yeah, I guess you're right. But I was the first the time ever he led a marching band <laughs> to the theme park. It's possible in the late or early 2000s, Paul Simon was leading a marching band down Main Street in Disney World. It's eclectic. The music's eclectic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a weird special. I mean, that. I'm glad you're charmed by that marching band thing, but it also lasts for, I want to say, 25 minutes. Most of the end of the special. Yeah, most of the back <laughs> half of the special. <laughs> Just, which marching band on television doesn't really yeah this isn't like drumline or something <laughs> well, drumline is awesome like now, a real hold on high energy performance before the marching band there's an orchestra <laughs> so pretty dynamic people sitting perfectly still in chairs <laughs> playing instruments before the walking instruments oh, man yeah it's it's uh it's quite a special there's also some sketches where Jonathan Winters shoots his oh, wife with an arrow. Oh, yeah. These oh. Jonathan Winters sketches. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Interminable, I would say. Jonathan Winters berating like a catatonic things, woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <It> this, <laughs> this feels like the first like, improv on TV in the early 70s. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. This could be scripted. It but was kind of his thing, wasn't that's it? That's true. It was. It was. Just, yes, yeah. Jonathan Winters would improvise uh, a lot, but... These uh, these don't land, I would say. Yeah. No, and yeah. they plays a a finder, a tracker, a finder, a swamp man. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, <laughs> there's some characters, some characters. But Buddy Hackett does drive Herbie the Love Bug. Yes, <laughs> along mm. Tomorrowland Speedway route against actual race car drivers. Oh, with Chick Hearn, my uh, beloved uh, basketball announcer of my youth, the L.A. guy. Right. Yeah. Surprised to see him in a Florida thing. Right. So, yeah, that's nice. So, yeah, there's some... You get some Hackett. He's got energy, at least. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, And he's in the music, man. He is. He does Shaboopy. That's right. So, you got that connection. Yeah. Which is very exciting. More music man content. You know, did he dine on, like chopped sirloin in a pear with uh, <laughs> Meredith Wilson at the contemporary or whatever gross food they were serving at the time. Uh, and I hope you are prepared. Uh, you got trouble for the future podcast to ride live music show. I'm working on it because yeah, you will be performing that. <laughs> I did it at karaoke. I did it in the yes, one you week. Did. We yes, you did. were all hanging out without this. Yes, yeah. you did. <laughs> yeah. That was a beautiful week. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully soon. Um, so that's that's the found that's the founding of it that's the special that that takes us up to 1971 and now we're up and running and creating magic and memories for generations to come. It's 50 years of of incredible moments 
occur after all this. And I think it's safe to say that uh, Disney didn't peak at the beginning with uh, Glenn Campbell monologues and lengthy marching band performances. So many wonderful things happened in the intervening years. And that is what we wanted to close this episode with, is determining what is the greatest moment <laughs> in the history of the Walt Disney World Resort, or the greatest thing that ever happened there. I don't know. I don't want to like completely define. I don't know what all of our answers are, and and, and uh, uh, I don't want to shut anyone out. But we do want to determine in fifty years what is the best stuff that ever occurred there. And I guess is this a situation where we all present something, and then the audience will decide. We're us having obviously correctly picked the the three. We've narrowed it down to the three. Um, mm -hmm. And there, there can only be one. Um, is, is that fair to say? I think so. Yeah, that'll be the best. Obviously, it's going to be real hard to do this. But yeah, you go. We, I think that'll be the. Yeah, I, it, it's going to be personal to us, obviously. I just want to add that. I caveat. think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, it's, it's impossible to, um, you know, mm -hmm. take ourselves out of the, the running and our, our, our memories and happy moments we've had. And, you know, we'd like to hear your ideas of what the greatest moment in Disney World history is. You might will be incorrect. One of us mm -hmm. will be correct, but we'd still like to hear them anyway. Of course, like to yes. hear you try. Uh, um, but so that that's what we're doing. Between between the three of us, we're going to figure out what's the best thing that ever happened on the property. Does anybody want to I don't want to start. Go? You don't want to start. Too, too much pressure. Uh, I could. Jason, what do you think? Um, I could go. Or do you want to go? Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Okay. Richard Nixon. <laughs> There's a lot of ah. Richard Nixon stuff. And yeah. Oh, well, the career's the criminal. Uh, yeah, so I didn't want to be, you know, very basic and go with, I am not a crook. Richard oh. Nixon, of course, delivers his famous line, I am not a crook, at the Contemporary Hotel mm -hmm. in uh, 1973 in front, in front of 400 managing editors of the Associated Press. That's so what that was, was an Associated Press thing. Okay. Yeah, in the lion's den. Now... Uh, there's some interesting stuff on the Nixon Library website. The, they can, <laughs> Nixon seemed like he wanted to be at the opening mm. of Disney World. And there was scouting. There was a scouting trip to go. Wow. And there is a page of potential remarks that the president could say he had at an the idea. opening. This is like possible speech? Possible speech Things stuff. he could have said? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did not end up going. There was a lot going on in 1971. Nixon had just accepted the invite to China. Mm -hmm. uh, that was historic. Um, the the uh, uh, group called the Plumbers had just broken into the offices of Daniel Ellsberg, <laughs> who had released the Pentagon Papers in September. Uh, whatever they were attempting to do, failed. Uh, I, a big troop drawdown in Vietnam occurred in December 1971. The <laughs> there we go. So it seemed like it would have been poor taste for the president to show up. That said, mm -hmm. the White House did send an American flag. And who was the representative? H.R. Haldeman, uh -oh. the chief of staff who would go on to spend 18 months in prison for conspiracy and obstruction of justice <laughs> due to his rolling water gate criminal charges mm. as we yes. mentioned earlier wow hr alderman brought a flag to the opening to the opening alderman wow, is credited on imdb in the opening special and i could not find him i was mm. wondering if he was possibly in the crowd shots of the um Marching uh, band. or <laughs> the <laughs> marching band is he doing a character with jonathan winters um <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know if he's in the crowd of the Bob Hope thing. 
But uh, Nixon, kind of a big, seemingly Disney dork, I would say. Like, like <laughs> I would really? guess that Nixon is. <laughs> You're going with dork. I'm going He's with a, a Disney nerd like us. Like he like was us. Like he was at the opening of the monorail. He, he drove the monorail. He uh, is from Orange County originally seemed like he wanted to be at the opening of disney world he's buried 15 miles from disneyland well that doesn't mean he's a disneyland dork i think he, he was buried he, with his we pin. might be buried that close he uh, had a lot of be. former disney people on staff like disney corporate people he had former jungle cruise skippers on staff like Pinto kolvig the, the voice of uh, goofy was involved in the break-in he went to jail for several years they, people course. lie they drop pins disney pins on his grave Every day, <laughs> he's a pin collector in the after, as far as after the afterlife, I guess. Uh, and while he was not there for the opening ceremonies or anything, uh, Nixon and his family would go a number of times over the years, not just for the I am a cro- I am not a crook speech. Uh, so I am going to award the best thing that ever happened is this moment where Richard Nixon and his grandson meet Dreamfinder and Figment. Wow. <laughs> it's a perfectly symmetrical picture. Huh. Uh, it's wow. <laughs> it's, that's uh, crazy. I didn't know. I have not that's seen that picture. Icons. Yeah. Wow. Icons yeah. meeting. Uh, there is also, I think a less iconic photo of, uh, Nixon, uh, standing in front of spaceship I, earth yeah I've seen, oh, i think i've seen okay. that okay and if you zoom in you will notice that the buttons on his suit are different so this is a different day this is either a different day from the yeah. same trip or a different trip when also, nixon was hitting I'm, up epcot center i sorry to cut you off. i'm obsessed with the idea of like nixon disney dork like did you listen to the new jim hill and lentester <laughs> what they were talking about the new rides That's, by the way it's mcgruff is uh is my nixon <laughs> Have you read Mice Chat today? <laughs> uh, I believe they were trying to get a hold the Nixon Library. I think they mentioned that they like he really liked watching movies, and they were really trying to get a hold of like the Disney nature movies to show in yeah. the White House. Huh. <laughs> sure, he uh, he's obviously a fascinating uh, character, uh, and. I can see that being the greatest moment. The greatest moment was <laughs> the accords Nixon. between Nixon uh-huh. and Figment and Dreamfinder. Oh, these, man, this is throwing great. me for a loop. I feel like I'm going to call an audible here and switch what I'm going to say. <laughs> do, you, do you need a minute? Do, uh, well, no, I can t- I'll talk through it. Okay. Um, okay. Dreamfinder, Dreamfinder talked him out of bombing the first, uh, dikes in <laughs> Vietnam and Cambodia. Oh, yeah. Billy Graham told him to bomb it and uh-huh. flood the areas. Oh, man. Nixon, Disney dork. That feels like if we did more characters on this show, that's like, well, all of a sudden, like the like a knock at the door, and we're like, who is it? Oh, it's Richard Nixon. <laughs> Nixon. <laughs> Too many characters. I'm glad this harmonious show still seems kind of ethereal and weird, and not just character moments. Did you see that Tokyo Disney's anniversary merchandise contains the return of Final Mission? <laughs> we're both just like, I am not a crook. Always, yes. You, yeah. Mike is doing it only with peace signs, which is the way to do it. Always peace signs up. Yeah. They announced the 50th desserts. These look like some delicious treats. <laughs> the iridescent croissant donut. It's got blue icing and sprinkles. I don't know. way to celebrate 50 magical years of dreams. Look, clearly it's working for them, but I don't understand why they keep making the ears out of different colored walls. Ah, <laughs> uh, Chapek. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. That's going to be a recurring character, I think. Bringing back capital punishments just for... <laughs> <laughs> By uh, president's orders, Chapek, straight to the chair. <laughs> Uh, okay, so there are many significant yeah moments that happen. Obviously, uh, the Nixon stuff, uh, John Lennon signing the papers uh, to dissolve the Beatles at the Polynesian. Insane. He's with May Pang. Uh, his long one of his long weekends with away from Yoko. Uh, I guess I'm going to steal away from that. I was also thinking I was going to do maybe you know what we mentioned earlier Alan Thicke sings a Christmas song with the Ninja Turtles. This that is was an, also cut from my... An insane... That, which, if we both thought it, it's got to be in... Uh, did, yeah. did we play this on our original Christmas specials episode? I the can't... Alan Thicke Ninja Turtles Santa Claus is Coming to Town rap? It's crazy. That's, that, I really did almost think about it saying that and it's like that should be it too and it's like Mm -hmm. how do i stack up these important moments (laughs) with all these cultural figures so it's like maybe a fourth in the poll like that's the honorable mention is the alan thick i mean if uh, maybe just by virtue of both of us thinking of it because it is a hell of a um yeah yeah but you know what i better watch out dude i'm talking about (laughs) it moves you better watch out don't (laughs) out freak out Santa Claus is coming to town. That's a whole maybe Christmas second gate is that song, I think. Sure. I mean, uh, look, if you'll, I would love to just do uh, all the Alan Thicke musical numbers. I think that is also... like five that I'm so fond of. I think maybe that's a catch... We call it Ninja Turtles and Alan Thicke, and but it's a catch-off. Adri- yes, great. Because there's, there's, there's a Ninja Turtle Christmas special that's... Oh, with, this, with the, the, what do we get, Splinter for Christmas Yes, song. and yeah. there's <laughs> a couple other things, too, that are in the Ninja yeah. Turtle... Uh, so the Thick and Turtle catch-all <laughs> is coming in the Christmas season, I think. The, the Thick the and Turtle connection. Action. <laughs> thick, a big, thick, thick turtle turtles. Christmas. <laughs> a big, thick turtle Christmas the is coming. Thickest Christmas ever. So you know what? I gotta say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into uh, all that important stuff. All the, all the stuff that happened. I'm gonna declare the most important thing that happened at Disney World is the, the video of my mother and I singing. <laughs> <laughs> the Gloria Stefan song <laughs> that is on YouTube. Uh, if you don't know, if you haven't heard the episode, I, I talk about it. They used to be able to make an, a music video, and uh, there's a video of my mother and I in the year like 1990, and I am grabbing my crotch the whole time because I am scared <laughs> and I don't know the words. Two cameras on you, the pressure. Two cameras. It's a beautiful 19 like 80s ish like uh, background. Singing one, two, three, four. Come on, baby, say you love me. Five, six, seven time. Uh, we'll repost this. Yeah. This is maybe the most. I think this. I wanted. To, I wanted to pick something personal. Yeah. Um, and this is this is a probably a, this is beating out another great clip that we have not put anywhere yet. Is that my sister and I dancing on the deck of the Polynesian with these like light strands, and I hit myself in the eye very hard with one of them. <laughs> Like, and just knock myself out of commission really hard. And that's a great moment, too, but it's not as iconic as me singing with my mother at age five, grabbing my crotch the entire, almost almost the entire time. And is that Disney MGM Studios? Is yes. Where's the spot of this? Yes, it was at MGM Studios. You, were, you could make your own music video, and you'd pick the song, and then uh, you could go in there. I think they probably, too, was the limit of people. I haven't seen a lot of other people with this exact, like, video, so I'm sure they're out there. Um, but I have to pick it personally, and that's the most iconic thing from my life. So, yeah, we'll yeah. repost that. Yeah. And um, ironically, as an adult, grabbing your crotch makes you nervous. But back then, you would be nervous, and you would find comfort grabbing your crotch. <laughs> 
Wait, wait, say that again. <laughs> yeah, that I, yeah, I know, I've been trying to think of it, and I just didn't stick the landing on that. <laughs> wait, but it's a guru, let's I was saying it. your crotch business as an adult would make you incredibly nervous and sweaty. And as oh, a kid, I, it would be a source of comfort. Uh, you're saying now if there was a video of me grabbing my crotch, I would find it indecent. It, yeah, it would just be and a source I, I, of... A video of that would neurotic be... Neurotic anxiety. Body video of a, an adult man in his 30s grabbing his genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's in like... If it's in the context of like... A hip hop performance, then it's fine. But as far as like me at thirty seven, because I'm afraid. I think I meant any crotch business balls. in general, sure. like generating neuroses. Yeah, no. Yeah. If I was if put off by crotch business, if it's yeah. the same video, only I'm in my thirties <laughs> with my mother grabbing my crotch. Yeah, that's weird. You're right. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, so you're locking in your own, my own it's personal. All greats. It's Nixon. It's Mike Carlson. Yeah. His mother. Uh, it's icons, and that's sort of what I was. Um, well, let me here. I'll, let me let me frame it this way in my in my highfalutin way. We were talking about the the founding of Walt Disney World and how it all comes from a great man, mm-hmm. Walt Disney, trying to create a, a hub of uh, technology and innovation. Uh, but thankfully, uh, you know, nearly halfway through the run, through the fifty years a better man shows up by the name of Michael Eisner. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a, 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 a more achievable dream because the other shit didn't happen. He didn't right. make the progress city. But Eisner thinks that it can be something else, that Disney World can be a hub of the arts. And that's what it became under his watch, a place <laughs> where architects can do some of their, their greatest masterworks and a yeah. place where uh, uh, performers and musicians even can uh, have, a, have a backdrop uh, to play against. And these things uh, dovetail, came together in a, in a beautiful way, in the most beautiful way, in the most important piece of art produced on the property. Uh, I am talking about uh, with the backdrop of the Yacht and Beach Resort Hotel uh, the uh, MMC music video for the song "King of Wishful Thinking." <laughs> now, if you, I, are you are you familiar with this one? This like pops up enough. I feel like as like a Disney World oddity, or mm-hmm. do either of you know what I'm? Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the one that I'm 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 talking about. Uh, uh, so, and, and I think some of our audience might as well. If you don't. Uh, look it up. Look, I'm, I'll play a second of it, but it's not really going to, you know, be anything because really you need the visuals. You need to be in in Disney World, but but nonetheless, because I wanted, you know, I want to hear the song first of all. The the yeah. the original song itself, by the way, "King of Wishful Thinking" by Go West is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just nice to hear it and nice to see the beautiful resort. Uh, um, we meet our our hero and our musician uh, Blaine. So it's Blaine from the MMC. This is a mm-hmm. song by Blaine. And uh, Blaine is waiting in a restaurant uh, that's also at the hotel, presumably, uh, where people are wearing island casual clothes. Uh, and there's lots of like teal and turquoise curtains, even though the Mater D is like a fancy tuxedo man. Right. Uh, and he asks if anybody's uh, anybody else is going to be joining you. And he is sad because, no, it's an empty chair. Um there's a line about cutting me to the bone, and then his the guy's reflection is in a knife. Uh, I'm I'm not sure where to pick it up. I'm here. I'll just I'll just do it from here and see where we land. Or maybe like chorus number two. Well, first of all, here I'll pick it up from here. There's our there's our yacht and beach club lighthouse. Uh, beautiful instrumentation. There were at that uh, uh, that MGM Studios thing where you're in the ship that's getting stormed on. They're using that. <laughs> uh huh. 
He's in a rowboat out in that lake. I don't know what that lake's called. Uh, <laughs> Blaine is killing it. Blaine's dynamic as hell. Yeah, yeah. That's not how it's gonna be. I'm really building to one moment. Mater D's checking in on him. Ma mainly that, that he's like, he's in a boat in this thing. Uh, and then the the boat the line is you've made a hole in my heart and then the boat has a big sign that says my heart that's the name of the <laughs> boat and it has a hole in it. Um, later he he's the song is about him being a king and then there's a card that comes up and he's he's the king he is the king of wishful thinking it is a happy ending the girl of his dreams shows up at the end that's great and you get to see beautiful views of a, of a beautiful resort. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a hell of a jam and, uh, I, I think it's a, a formative foundational piece of art that was thanks to Eisner, Eisner being yeah. like a benefactor, uh, um, you know, like as with, you know, George Harrison financing the Monty Python movie. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> Eisner set up a, a, a play box for great artists like Blaine to play in. Mm -hmm. And that's why my choice is Blaine and the rest of the MMC with King of Wishful Thinking. Mm -hmm. Look. Wow. Great. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, and, and you know, we'll throw Alan Thicke in there as well. Yeah. I don't want to split the votes, but you know, we might as well. So we got Alan Thicke and Ninja Turtles. We got Blaine. We got uh, Mike and his mom and we got Nixon. <laughs> and I think the, it's mainly. Covered the spread. Yeah. 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 I think so. But it's, it's good, all yeah. icons and it's an important place that brought golden greats to it throughout mm -hmm. its first 50 years and here's hoping for for a lot more uh i guess that's it make your choice on on twitter uh um and with that you survived podcast the ride uh, wdw 50 mm -hmm. edition um next week Things start getting a little Ooh. spooky. Hauntcast the Fright is back. Oh, yeah. What spooky offerings uh, will we bring to the table? Uh, we'll find out soon. Uh, you can also, uh, as always, uh, find us on the socials at Podcast the Ride. Vote in that poll. Merch is available in our T Public store. And for three bonus episodes every month, check out Podcast the Ride, the second gate at patreon.com slash podcast the ride. Speaking of which, uh, there is something else celebrating an anniversary on this exact date mm. and uh, we will be covering that over on the second gate because they've like, tried to they've done a lot of anniversaries they try to open things on october 1st mm -hmm. as much as they can right and uh, we can only do this episode uh, uh, on actual october 1st but there's more to come so just a, a little uh, tease for that mm -hmm. um and that's that um any other closing thoughts about this wonderful place uh I, do, would, I just want to know uh, what, what Nixon thinks of Al Lutz and the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm wondering. I don't think he was real. <laughs> he was a psyop. <laughs> Al Lutz was a number of people operating <laughs> former username. CIA. <laughs> <laughs> and I also would like the, my Nixon to get away from McGruff. If you, yeah, yeah, figure out, figure out the, uh, the way yeah. how, to, how to move it away. Um, and speaking of icons visiting the park, I think the the uh, the best way to go out. This is something that I discovered on the fifteenth anniversary special, where people are wishing uh, Disney World at that point a happy fifteenth birthday. But why not a happy fiftieth as well? Uh, so let's close out here with a very special. Disney World birthday message from one of the greats, O.J. Simpson. <laughs> A very happy 15th birthday to Walt Disney World. 
Thanks, Juice. Thank you. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.